This is the joy of gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast, Episode 70. I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alsaka. And we are back to talk about video games. And it is March, Jordan, so there's a lot of stuff that we have to talk about that we've played. Well, not too much. It is the beginning of the year, so it's not like a crazy number of releases have happened. I guess that's true. Uh, You know, part of it is catching up. Um, 2017 uh, left a lot of stuff that needs to be played, or at least for me it did. Um, there's at least four or five things on my, you know, the top of the pile of shame. Piles of sh- my pile of shame has, like, three or four quadrants. Um, and, like, you know, the, there's the bottom quad where, you know, the old stuff that I got to get to one day. And then as you go up, you get to the stuff like Nier, which I'll be talking about um, on this episode. I was, But it was one of the biggest regrets I had not playing last year, so I'll be talking about that. And then, of course, Monster Hunter came out, so we got to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've been playing some indie stuff, and there's been some big notable indie releases, right? Yeah, I've been, you know, I got a Switch. Right. I have a lot of games on there that I have played, some more that I would still like to play, but yeah, I, I've played a few. Okay, alright, cool. Well, we'll be talking about that in the second portion. Uh, first, we're going to talk about a little bit of news, and speaking of news, there is, Nintendo always does their own unique thing, and their own unique thing is... Nintendo Direct, and they had one on March 8th where they dropped a lot of information, and I think the real headline for it would be uh, Nintendo is going to have another year that's maybe as good, or at least close to as good as last year. Um, They're not letting any of that momentum die. Is that kind of the takeaway you got? Um, I don't know that I'd go that far. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a lot of good games, but I don't think it's a Mario and Zelda year. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm. T- yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Had, had they been like, I'll say this because uh, some of the things we'll be talking about, it's still not sure what it is. Um, the right. big one being right. unsure of, and you know, had you know, had had they had they been more def- cl- cl- clear on what the and I'll just say it the the Smash yeah. for Switch is. Yeah. Had they been more clear about whether it's a port or a completely new game. That would have helped. Well, there's um, that's and I mean, if they'd said if they'd actually shown off Metroid Prime Four, those would have been like okay, but that's probably not coming this year. It's probably so. 2019, and then, along with uh, Pokemon, so that'll be their their 2019 awesomeness, right? That'll probably be a year as good. If they get the new Pokemon and Metroid next year, that'll be a year as good as uh, last year, I think. I got it. And then with one in between, that's like two thirds, maybe. Still well, good. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to bash what they they have coming. It's just. But what about but all? But but that Labo though. That is true. Look, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not excited about Labo. Me um, I mean, not that I wouldn't play it, but you know, it's not. I think it's perfectly fine. It's clearly meant for kids. That's always been part of Nintendo's market. Mm-hmm. So I think it's perfectly fine that they want to create something that, I mean, let's be honest, looks really cool in and of itself. I think it yeah. looks cool. I just don't want to spend seventy dollars on the cardboard and the game for it. Yeah, I would say if I were. 13, 14, I'd be really pumped for it. The technology is really cool. I mean, for people that don't know what Labo is, it's um, you buy like a cardboard construction set 
um, and you integrate this cardboard um, with your well with your switch basically um, and and so the switch will have directions on it kind of like the Lego dimensions game where it would like walk you on screen through how to build the stuff and then you would you know integrate the real world stuff with the game you know obviously Skylanders esque um, and then dimensions is the most similar because you actually built with that. Um, and in this case, you build these cardboard constructions, and there's a big robot backpack, which is like the big set. Um, there's a piano, um, which is kind of neat. There's a fishing rod, um, and then there's an RC car, and I think that's it. There may be one more. Um, but the point is that you build them, and it really demonstrates all the stuff that the Switch can do. So apparently, like the piano, the way it works is there's the camera, the infrared camera in the Switch Joy-Con actually, like is placed inside the cardboard piano so when you push the keys down they have little images on them and and the IR camera can read those images and sense which which keys you pushed which is cool I mean I was listening to the guys from um, um, Game Informer talking about you know they had a big hands-on event they were allowed to take their kids and and like they said there's things you can do with it like there's this thing called the Labo Garage where you actually can like design your own stuff and then there's like you can get into it like from a programming perspective and actually program the way that the Switch Joy-Cons can be used in conjunction. So like, for example, at Nintendo, they made like a, a vending machine where a soda could drop out and they like use the tool, the very tools will have access. I mean, I won't because I'm not going to buy it, but that you could have access to um, to make this vending machine work. And then this guy said that for one of the things, they made like a box and put the Joy-Con in it. And then the vibrations of the Joy-Con were like echoed by the box, so it was like a subwoofer, like a homemade subwoofer. I mean, just really cool shit. Um, and you know, it's like they say though, they're toy cons. I mean, it's it's they're they're made more for kids. Um, but it's definitely interesting. I just wish there was something that I wanted to do with it. Like, I don't know. It's it's showing off the potential of the system, but the 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 the, the, the double edged sword of Nintendo is they are always innovating and doing new stuff, but they tend to do it in a way that it makes it impossible for a third party or other developers to really, you know, understand it and do anything big with it. It's true. Even um, even the Wii, they, you know, developers because it had such an install base, developers w embraced it, but it it meant making entirely new games. Yeah, and then the Wii U was a great idea, but they didn't know what to do with it. And I think Switch is doing a better job of bringing that in just on the the power of it. And I, I think the Switch is brilliant because it has a lot of tech advances, but it also is just like, here's every big game from last gen, and now you can play it on the go. Yeah, and, and that's actually, that, that segues nicely into some of the stuff that they announced at the Direct, um, because there are um, more and more, as we start to see what's coming out this year uh, for the Switch, we're starting to see um, games that were on other systems, notably Wii U. Um, that if you didn't play them on Wii U, now you have a chance. For example, Bayonetta 2 just came out on the Switch and um, comes with Bayonetta 1, just like it did when it was on Wii U. Um, supposedly it's a good port. Um, one of the things they announced at this Direct is Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. I know you were a Hyrule Warriors fan, right, Jordan? Yeah, it was, I think, my third game of the year for the 3DS that year that it yeah. came out. Yeah, yeah, that was... Um... That's cool. Are you excited? And no, this has all again? the DLC. Yeah, I'd play it again just because it's got even more stuff. <laughs> um, Does it I don't have know, Linkle? That game... Is Linkle in it? I didn't look. No, Linkle will be. I mean, everyone will be in it. Okay. Uh, because the, 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 the 3DS version added in all the DLC from the Wii U version, and then it had its own entire season pass worth of DLC. Right. 
So short of this adding some Breath of the Wild DLC, I don't think there's much more they could do with uh, Zelda. But it's definitive, man. It's definitive. Yeah. Anyway, so that's cool. Um, and then uh, for people that are, I guess, haven't played it on on uh, PlayStation Four, uh, Crash, uh, the Crash Bandicoot uh, trilogy is coming out for the Switch. It's a great place to play it. Um, uh, Captain Toad, that was a game on Wii U that I just never played, but I would really like to, especially on the Switch. So that's been yeah. announced. Definitely going to pick that up when it comes out. Looks like Okami is coming. I think that was Switch, right, Okami? Yes. Um, and then let's see what else we have here. Oh, now that well, that, that's that's not on this topic. We'll get to that next. Let's see what well, else there is. Go ahead. Dark Souls, of course. Oh, right, right, exactly. Which had already been announced, but uh, they announced that there's going to be a Solaire of Astoria amiibo, which is pretty cool. That is that is super cool. It does basically nothing of import because it just makes you do the praise the sun pose. But it is a cool figure that I will probably buy. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree. That's that's if you're into that game, that's really cool. And I think that'll be the first time I finally fully play Dark Souls. Maybe, um, I don't know. Well, another thing that I'm really excited about um, is on the. Let's see, is there any other? Oh yeah, well we'll get to we'll get to the big two announcements at the at the very end. But uh, let's switch to DS for a minute. So WarioWare Gold is maybe the thing I'm most excited about. That looks sick. Okay. I've always been a big WarioWare fan. Did you ever get into them big like that? I played the first WarioWare a lot. I loved that one. And then I think I might have played one of the sequels, but I never played the Wii version. I don't even remember if there were DS versions, but I I played the Game Boy Advance original. I know that. I loved that one. Um, That one was great. but it wasn't a series I followed too closely. Well, you know, there there were some good ones that that um, I, I don't know if the advanced version you're talking about is twisted, where you actually move the system. Um, but the, no, I think it. I think it. No, the no. very original one was just WarioWare micro mini games. That's right. So after that, they actually had twisted, which was on the uh, on the on the Game Boy Advance also. Um, and then you actually moved the system in kind of a motion control thing, but only it can only spin. It was cool. Big cartridge. Then they had uh, WarioWare, WarioWare Touched, which was maybe one of my favorite. That was the DS main one, and it had a ton of mini games. And then from there, um, the Wii one was pretty cool, but it, they started going in this new direction. So there was Game & Wario, which is on the Wii U, and basically there were like four or five big games and lots of little like toys to play with, but not really like a robust collection of these micro games. Same thing with... Um, uh, there was another one on 3DS that I wanted so bad to like. I think it was 3DS, the one where you can make your own shit. Maybe that was DS. You know the one I'm talking about? It's like... Vaguely. Um, Again, yeah. I, I did not follow super closely. It was like WarioWare um, uh, Build It or something like that. But anyway, it was that one. I'm sure people out there are like screaming at the at the speaker like, I know what it is, but anyway. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, so there's the Wii U, there was the 3DS. So, I mean, basically they've gone in the direction away from a lot of, you know, real micro-game collections that just have you play a ton of these little mini-games. This is going back to form. It's going to be the biggest collection ever. A lot of greatest hits and also new stuff. So that's just going to be super fun. I'd recommend, Jordan, you, you dive back in. I think you'd dig that. We'll see. And speaking of things that I recommend, and you will probably just see, um, is Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story is back. Jordan, no more excuses. Gotta play it. <laughs> Gotta play it. Famously. It is... Go ahead. Um, you know, I, I will probably pick it up. <laughs> yeah. F- Hopefully, uh, Bowser Jr.'s story is more well-received than Bowser's Minions. <laughs> what, I didn't know Bowser's Minions wasn't supposedly very good. I, I thought that game no, was, it was... It was not good? 
No, it was pretty. From all the reviews, it was a pretty savage, really underthought, uh, like RTS type game. Oh, okay. Well, I don't need I don't need that in my life. There's plenty of good RTSs, especially these days. Um, but uh, but anyway, I mean, I, I I have that game. I'm planning on playing it as soon as I um, get get some time for it. But anyway, um, got you got to get to that Bowser's Inside Story. I got I got Jordan this as a present at one point in the past, and he never got to it. Always bummed me out. All right. It- you know, you got to be in the right mood. I, I would like to play another one, so maybe this will be the one. Awesome. And then what's this Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers? Do you know what that is? I know Dylan's Rolling West is a pretty well-liked 3DS game. Um, okay. So I don't know. I think this is just the sequel to that. I, yeah. I haven't played it, so I don't know much about it. Okay. Um, but it was interesting to me just in general to see so much new support for the 3DS. They're still pushing because they also announced the luigi's mansion uh-huh. remake. i was gonna say another thing that existed on a system that's very hard to access now it's one of the few games you just can't play really unless you have a gamecube um and that was one of your favorites isn't that like your launch game well that was the launch game it was the launch game yeah, yeah i think because i remember i got a lot of gamecube launch games because i really saved up for it but i got that i got rogue squadron wave race and something else that i yeah. can't remember off the top of my head but luigi's mansion was the big one i remember laying on the floor with my gamecube just a short aside playing that eternal darkness and i just don't remember i mean it is like one of the t- best 10 gaming memories i've ever had sitting in i was staying in this older house at the time and i was just like i had like a like a, a little like mattress on the floor and i was just laying on it like with the tv set up on the floor in front of me crack crick in my neck and just playing the shit out of uh, Dennis Dyack's masterpiece, and that that man, that game is fun. I don't know how it holds up because that was like right around launch, but um, that was fun. The GameCube yeah. was a good system in its way, and I actually realized it only was like two hundred dollars when it came out. It was it was actually relatively uh, entry level price. It was nice. Well, yeah, but back then it was you know that was what wow seventeen years ago. So no way, but, you know the values changed a little. Wow, that's so long. Okay. Um, speaking of, um, other things that, well, I'm, I'm going to forget that segue and just say Detective Pikachu. Um, <laughs> what on earth is this? What is going on? You, you know, Pokemon better than me. Have you, have you tracked this at all? I, I don't know. I know this was, it, you know, it was released in Japan. It's like a detective game. I know very little about it cause it's so bizarre. I know Ryan Reynolds is voicing Pikachu in the movie they're doing of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's cool. about all I got. I mean, that's, Hey, that's, that's, that's whatever. There's a couple other little things. Um, but, um, but let's move, oh, Octopath Traveler got some more reveals, but I'm so cautiously not optimistic anymore about, like, any Square Enix side projects, all those weird things that they make, um, they just, they aren't really turning out very well, um, well, go ahead. I think it's gotten a good review so far, I mean, there is a demo on the Switch store. Oh, really? Have you, have you? I believe so. Have you, oh, yeah. I haven't played it, okay. no, but, but people were reviewing it. I think so. Okay. Well, that's 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 encouraging more than I would have thought. Um, so let's get to the big guns. Um, well, there's two main ones. Um, we'll start with uh, Splatoon. Is that something now that you have a Switch you ever dived into or not yet? Not yet. It is on my list. Mm-hmm. I just uh, went for the sort of bigger, bigger guns first. Well, it'll be uh, – when you do get to it, it'll be more robust because they have announced that there is yet another – um, DLC, this is like, well, I, should, I should say, the first paid DLC, I think it is. Um, and, and it's single player. And it's single player, which is very different, um, considering the whole focus of that game is mainly multiplayer. They always have a single player campaign. It was a little undercooked in Splatoon 1, and much, much better. I believe the sequel 
yeah built it up oh yeah i have it i played through about two-thirds of it and it's it's much better um same concepts but just better overall um and uh and so this will be interesting it'll, be, it'll definitely make it a better package I'll, I'll probably pick that one up so people are excited about that um i guess mario tennis aces is another big deal right i guess i i like the mario tennis game yeah. so i'm excited about it yeah they're fun what was um, the last one you rare played? chance to see luigi um I probably I guess it would have been the probably GameCube. I I honestly don't remember because I know I didn't play the Wii one because I had you know Wii Tennis. Um, man, it's been a while I think since they even had one. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, it has uh, 3DS maybe, but I don't know. But a lot of those sports games on 3DS again to use the same word I I've heard are a bit undercooked and like not really like for example famously Mario Golf on I think the Advance was amazing it had this whole RPG aspect to it and everybody was all about it and then more recently the sports games like Mario Mix and stuff have been more limited mm -hmm. I was not laughing at what you were saying I was okay. looking at Mario Tennis because I was curious when the last Mario Tennis game came out uh huh um, and I'm gonna answer that question wow it is hard to find a definitive list of mario tennises uh there was ultra smash on the wii u and mario tennis open on the 3ds in 2012 okay all right so you're going back uh, a bit there i was laughing because my favorite was the um the probably the game boy color one because it had a lot a big rpg element to it right um right. which was nice well just like like golf yes right cool um but I was laughing because there are all these articles about Mario Tennis Aces that have to do with the fact that Luigi has a noticeable bulge in his shorts. Oh, God. And, like, more so than the Mario model, I take it. I guess so. Somebody thought they were funny. They were just like, give Mar give Luigi his due. He's like the, the well-hung uh, older brother or younger brother. I don't know. Anyway, um, but <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> you talk about bulges. What do you expect? I like tennis games. The sports games are also the only place Lu Waluigi ever shows up, so I always like seeing him. That's right. Waluigi's, Waluigi's pretty chill. Um, okay, big, big, big one. Um, and, you know, article of much speculation since the announcement. Uh, Nintendo Switch Super Smash Brothers. Uh, in in, in uh, parentheses, working title. Yeah. What do you got to say? I mean... It's tricky because I would assume I would have assumed a port, like right because they're porting everything else from the Wii U. Um, Smash Brothers is of course the one thing that has an audience no matter where it goes, what system. You know, it's always going to have the people that come and play it. That said, you know, it's such a short cycle. It's only been just over three years since uh, Wii U and 3DS came out, mm -hmm. so it's not that much time. Uh, let, let's say four years total if it comes out by the very end of this year, uh, which makes it, you know, given how long they were developing DLC for the last game, that would be a very, very short development cycle if they were doing a fully new game. At the same time, I would, I would, my guess is that it would be just a souped up version with a lot of additions, new characters, um, and I would wonder how many of the guest characters are going to come back just for, you know, licensing, licensing reasons. Because obviously when they made those initial deals, they, were, they probably weren't thinking, oh, the Wii U is going to crash immediately. So we got to, you know, yeah, we better put launch some, a new system. Yeah, put some, put some uh, writing, some, some verbiage in there about how, you know, uh, the Wii U or Wii U-esque future systems or some shit like that. 
Yeah, so theoretically, if this is a fully... I I just would find, even if it is a new... They call it a new version. I wouldn't be surprised if it's running on a very similar engine. Um, yeah. But if if we get a new game that, you know, it obviously brings the Squid Kids in. They're the, they're the one new character officially announced. Right. But also, if you look in that trailer, it is the Breath of the Wild version of Link. Right, so, so that's new. It just be a new version of Link. And that is some of the stuff that people have been pointing to, especially the Breath of the Wild. I don't understand why that's such a big deal, about why, why that indicates maybe a new game to some people, but apparently it does. But also people have tried to, like, people really want it to be new, right? And so certain people were pointing out, initially at least, that in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, it says original game, uh, you know, and then copyright HAL, HAL Laboratories because they made the first one. But then people have very quickly said, no, 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 that just means that the original game was made by HAL, this one isn't, and that has to be on there for any releases, right? Yeah, so, you know, I, look... If they're doing a Switch version, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, even if it's the same engine, you can do a new version of Link. You can do a version of Mario that includes Cappy. You know, you can you can do the updated versions of these characters. Well, is there even a distinction there at that point? If you have all new guest characters and you have, you know, like you said, Mario with Cappy and you have Breath of the Wild Link and you bring in the Squid Kids... Um, if people are happy with the dynamics of the you know Wii U version, if people are okay with that, I know they weren't big fans of. Was it Melee? Which was the one that it, that people didn't like? Brawl. Brawl. Melee right. is still played competitively. That's right. It, it That's right. still has a scene. Brawl. Yeah, is nobody the one. likes Brawl. Right. That's people, the one where you can trip by accident, right? Yeah. Pete, there is a Smash Four scene. There are still old school people who prefer Melee. Although, again, even the people that like Four, like a lot of Melee pros, will retire to Four because it's easier to play. So, wow, you know, interesting, interesting. Um, so, so I mean, that's going to be interesting. But what is the distinction? Like, what does it matter if you add all this new stuff in there? I mean, the way they call it Nintendo Switch Super Smash Brothers, I guess that is reversed because I'm looking at the exact Nintendo Direct on Nintendo's site, and I guess it would say Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch if they were keeping it exactly with the same sort of. I mean, they could still call it that anyway, but yeah, yeah, they could. Um, I I hope they don't. I hope they don't. No, yeah, I I think the big thing is how much the engine stays the same if they keep it like because i mean the difference between a port and a remake is you know a different engine and they could make a new engine that people hate so probably i think it would be a good idea to go with an engine that people already like i mean some people are going to want them to just make it like melee (laughs) right so you know i mean there's always going to be what i think is important is that it has a lot of new content that sets it apart the question becomes you know is it a straight port because if it's a port you expect all the same characters to be there um but if it's a new game, then they can change the roster. If it's a port, then it'd be weird if suddenly it's like, oh, why'd they take Duck Count out? I mean, again, it makes sense if, for whatever reason, Cloud isn't there. Um, I guess he'd be, or Pac-Man wasn't there. Like, Bayonetta is probably fine because she's basically a Nintendo property. At this point, at this point. yeah. yeah. Um, Sonic, everyone loves Sonic, and, you know, they, they probably would want him back just because everyone, I mean, that's the only reason he came back in Wii U is because people were so demanding that he come back. Right. Um, so I think the big thing is just, if they're going to do it, they're going to add more content, make it an even bigger game. Um, I would, again, my biggest thing is that the ambiguity of it makes it seem like it probably is a new game just because they haven't been that ambiguous with any of the other games they've ported, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think that's, I think either way people are going to be really pumped and it's going to sell millions of copies. And now with the install base, like it is, I mean, it has a potential to be just a huge game for them. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, 
If nothing else, they'll probably bring back Ice Climbers since they couldn't get them to work on the 3DS. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Alrighty, so um, I guess that kind of wraps up Nintendo Direct. Is there anything that I left out? South Park, uh, South Park's coming. I mean, you know. South Park's coming, Undertale's coming. Um, oh, I'm excited just about that, yeah. The continuing coming of ports, which is a good thing. I mean, yeah. the, the we Like, I, I would understand every developer wanting to get on that Switch train if they have these old games that can be ported with relatively little hassle... And people are going to go excited, crazy over it just because. Yeah, I mean, aside from aside from, I, I always used to disagree with you when, when when you would say like you know graphics don't matter. I, I was, let me not paraphrase you, but graphics were always more important to me than than I think they were to you at points. Yeah. Um, but after 360 or near the end of the 360 era, like I would have been happy if it snapshotted at that point. Like I was good at that point, you know. Um, and so that's kind of what the switch is. It's kind of like last the last part if not a little more powerful than the last section of, like, the 360 and the PS3's lifespan. And I'm okay with that. Like, I was totally happy with there not even being another system. And when the 4 and the and the 1 came out, it didn't feel like they were that different. I mean, then they started going in the new directions of with these, with these re-updated ones, 4K, and, and just better resolutions and better graphics. But really, the Switch has this huge library to draw from, this huge Xbox 360 PS3 era, which is one of the best eras in gaming, hands down. Um, so there's just so much to pluck there, and it's just... Anyway, it's... it's no, perfect. I'm excited they're still doing it. I mean, again, yeah. Dark Souls is exciting. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is, although you've played it eight times at this point, no? Well, I've played it a couple, but... Yeah. You know, again, On the Go is a very exciting proposition. I still kind of want to play Skyrim, because I can just play it more easily. I know, it's true. I kind of do, too. And especially you can be Mario in it, although I probably wouldn't. <laughs> um, okay, uh, one other news story that was interesting that you brought up. Well, I actually found another one real quick. Oh, okay, you go ahead. Um, and I'm only saving the other one because it'll segue. But <laughs> they have a, 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 Sega has a, released a teaser video that teases a new Sonic racing game, which uh, is exciting to me because I love both Sonic All Stars, uh, both of the Sonic All Stars racing games. Yeah, so, yeah, that you, you that, were one of the fans of that. Um, I yeah, I think because, the first one. Go ahead. I I still think the first one's one of the best kart racers ever made. I didn't like Transformed as much, but both are just great, and you know, great for Sega fan service. But I thought it had good, solid uh, racing mechanics underneath it. So I'm excited by the thought of a third one. Yeah, well, that's cool. Do you know when it's coming out, or or what the? Or it's no, it's teaser. literally just like a teaser video with with like a shot of a wheel and some stuff in it. So. Nice, nice. Got it. I like those wheels. And what was the uh, what was the other news that was recently outed and then announced? Outed and outed and outed. If you look at the history of how many leaks there have been on this game, but Shadow of the Tomb Raider was officially announced Woo! yesterday. Yeah. Uh, with a release date of September fourteenth. I think so. Yes. September 14th of this year with more information to come next month. Um, assuming it doesn't get leaked before then. I or know. Hacked. Like all of the information for this was in the metadata on the site. So people already knew what was coming on Wednesday. I mean, they even know that there's going to be some puzzle that's coming. They knew that before they announced it. And that, and then the idea of all these different reveal events that are happening in a month from now, I mean, the whole thing was outed. Not that much of it matters, um, and, and also, like you said, months ago, there was, you know, people knew kind of that it was coming anyway. It's also not at like, even if, even if none of that had happened, it would be not at all a surprise that the day a new Tomb Raider game, a new Tomb Raider movie comes out, they might announce the 
apparent continuation, end of the trilogy, whatever. I guess end of a trilogy. It's the final, it's the final story in the in the in the tomb in the in the Lara Croft Origins trilogy. I think the origin that didn't seem like a trilogy when you finish the first game, but you know no. that's where they're at. Yeah. Hey, whatever. But if they want again, to make more games, game. if they want to make more games um, with that kind of engine or a continuation of that engine and that quality, um, shout out to Corey Barlog. Um, then, then I'm all for it. Um, those, uh, those games are great. I like the first one better than the second one, although I think I'm in the minority on that position, or at least it's 50-50. Um, but they're both great games, and I w- I'm all about playing the third one. I never got to play the, uh, of course, the definitive edition of, um, of the new, of the second one, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, mm-hmm. although I want to, because it has some really cool shit in it. I, I, I understand. Yeah, uh, but, no, this is, it's been a great series excuse me so far that's done a lot to push tomb raider in a new direction that people like again i think it took stuff that uncharted had done well but then added its own layering and its own unique systems to it um you know yeah the 2013 tomb raider was a great game uh i haven't finished rise of the tomb raider i'd really like to go back to it i was thinking of picking it up since it's only you know it's cheap now yeah yeah they it's have- a three-year-old game yeah, and um, you can get the definitive edition pretty much exclusively now, and it has, like, the Croft Manor you can explore, and it's got a VR mode for what that's worth at this point when almost no one has VR still. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and some other things that I don't really know about, like arenas or, or something. Yeah, but... Um, uh, is the segue no. have anything to do with Alicia Vikander? It absolutely does, because <laughs> I did see the new Tomb Raider movie last night. Oh, Yeah. So this will you know, kind of segue into what we've been. It's uh-huh. just I have a movie to start with. Excellent. Well, it's a video game related movie, so. It is, yeah. Um, so I'd honestly been looking forward to this movie. You had. Uh, I I'd heard real, real uh, genuine hype in your voice when we talked about it. Well, again, I love the 2013 Tomb Raider. I think it was a great retelling and, you know, version of the origin story. And this movie was very clearly taking from that with the set pieces and the characters and, you know, just the general arc of the plot. Um, And then, you know, I I thought the trailers looked good. I thought Alicia Vikander looked like a good Laura Croft. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just seemed like a, a, I mean, and certainly as someone who saw both uh saw both angelita jolie tomb raider movies in theaters but can barely remember them yeah i i figured it couldn't be you know as bad as those were it's entertaining those were entertaining i enjoyed them for what they were um but and you know and then the reviews started coming out and the vibe in general seemed weird because there was a lot of reviews where it was like it doesn't quite get her to being the tomb raider or like she's not the tomb raider but that's kind of point and it, it just seemed to be like a lot of praise for the action and you know i'm someone who likes silly action movies like adventure treasure hunting movies so uh-huh. i mean you know even if it was terrible i'd probably enjoy it like you know i like um both national treasures i like sahara i like um just a bunch Vinci of Vinci code uh i saw it in theaters i remember enjoying it well enough yeah um uh, i haven't seen any of the other ones okay i kind of want to see the most recent one because i like uh felicity jones i but... do too but it looks bad it looks yeah it doesn't look bad. good yeah i don't need world ending prophecies that are that cataclysmic when the whole world is like erupting i mean it's just come on dude like anyway yeah but too uh, cataclysmic you know even though the reviews seem pretty split i think it's rotten tomatoes was right at 50 i and i uh, thought i saw some 67 6.7s and some seven twos and some five fives and you know some different like uh, it all had over the some... board it had some some solid scores. Yeah, like right now in Metacritic, it's a 46. Ooh. 
Um, but, you know, I think it's got... I just kind of want to look at the scores, because why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's got an 80, it's got 70, but then, you know, it does go as low as a 10. Ooh. So... It definitely doesn't deserve that, I hope. No, um, I, for what is worth, I went in partially expecting to at least enjoy it, and I was overall pleased. Um, yeah. Like, I'm not going to pretend it's anything revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a fairly... Even taking out that I've played 2013's Tomb Raider, it's a fairly predictable uh, action plot, but I think it does a good job. The, the big thing seems to be a lot of people arguing whether or not it does a good job of developing Lara's character. And, you know, for, for, my, for what it's worth to me, I thought it did fine. I don't think it, again, was a great character study or anything, but... Mm-hmm. I thought it established the character. It took some of the big moments from the game uh, and did good versions of them. I thought Alicia Vikander did a great job in the role. I mean, she's a talented actress. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it's overall entertaining. It has fun action scenes. I think the action's well shot. It's got solid puzzle moments. How's Walter um, Gog- Walton Goggins? He does well. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not... Fantastic. No one's like a super standout. Not Dominic right? West as uh, Mr. C- as as Lord Croft. I actually thought he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, again, no one was terrible. I there weren't like groaners. There weren't any like offensively dumb lines. Like, and for a video game movie, which is a damning, uh, very <laughs> hard genre. I mean, Assassin's Creed of last year was on your worst list, if not the worst. No, it was the worst that yeah, year. Yeah, I think easily. Um, but just, like, it might be the best video game movie I've ever seen. Again, that's not saying literally anything. Right. (laughs) Like, just the fact that this is a competent, well-made action movie, but I liked it. I would see another movie starring the character, and yeah, would I like it if it was maybe a tighter script with a little more depth to it? Sure, but I think this did a good job of being a really fun, um retelling of that video game story it changes some elements it's not as you know it's not a one-to-one comparison um but obviously they're gonna there's less time to do that same amount of development as there would be in a you know 15 20 hour game right or 30 or 40 if if my completionist ass is playing it yeah Um, but go ahead i was just gonna say um so what how do you sort of respond to i think one of the things i read about it was that it doesn't take the best parts of the game or or something along those lines. Some of the development of the character just isn't in there, and they wished it had been. Is, is that is that what I read, maybe? Yeah, and you know, I'm honestly trying to remember it, and it's been five years since I fully played through it. Yeah. Um, when it was a Games with Gold, I think I played up to about the first time she gets away after like you know the 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 taking a life for the first time scene yeah well good scene Uh, and honestly i think because it is a movie it's able to get away from that narrow that uh ludo narrative dissonance of how hard it is for her to kill a person the first time and then she's immediately gunning dudes down left and right right and i think the movie is able to give her a really nice moment with that um again i I always feel like I'm over, I have to over defend something that gets tra- I think overly trashed. I think just the fact that it is a it is it's a solid movie. It's fun. I'd probably give it a seven. I think it's worth seeing, and I would definitely see a sequel. Is it um, long? They, it looks like it's 142 minutes. Is that true? It seems long for that. 
I don't think it is. It didn't is that feel what long? It says? I th- maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to double check. No, that. it's 118. Oh, okay, good. That's better. Um, And I didn't think it felt it. I it, I think it went by really quick. Um, I really well, that's liked... That's a good sign. That's a real good sign. Did it feel like... Did it feel like a... um. Uh, like on the level of I know I know you've been playing some Uncharted, which we'll talk about probably. But did it feel on the level with kind of an un you know the Uncharted stories, or or is it like watching Uncharted kind of in a way? Probably one of the first three Uncharted's, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I think the fourth Uncharted. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. It's it's next uh, level, yeah. I understand. Yeah, steps things up, but no, I just I don't know. I I get why people would have problems with it. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I do think it's, it's, it definitely could have used better lighting at times, particularly when they go like into the big tomb at the end of the movie, the darkness makes it real hard to see some stuff. Mm, Uh, But that's, that's a, that's a lighting and cinematography thing. That's not necessarily the script or the direction. It's a little bit the direction because you know, that's him, but I liked it. And (laughs) I, you know, I was like, I'm just like, yeah, I liked it. I thought I did a good job of establishing where she was at. After her father's disappearance, why she was, you know, not ready to accept that he was dead, and then, you know, why she went to the island. I, I just thought it did a solid enough job where I would like a fuller film next time, but I do hope it gets a next time. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, we sure will. I, it looks like it's made $24 million so far, but again, that's – it's not even – it came out today when we record this, so – um, I mean, I know they they kind of have a lot. It's really getting scary how much of a sense they have of well of how well a movie's going to do before it ever plays. Um, and again, again, that has a lot to do with pre-sales. But like for example, I was reading Death Knells speak about another video game related movie, uh, Ready Player One. People were like, it's only going to make thirty five million in its first weekend instead of the fifty that was projected. It's going to be a tank and all this shit. I mean, it's scary how much information they know these days. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for that movie. And uh, how about you? Are you going to watch that one? Um, maybe. Okay. All right. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What What do you think of it overall? I, I, I think that's, yeah, that's that's a good question. I haven't read the book, although people that I know that have, who have read the book, and I have the book, and I have it on tape, and I've tried, I false started it a couple times, and it never really grabbed me, because I, I was worried, and I felt in the, I don't want to make any kind of big generalizations on something I haven't fully read, that's just not fair, but from what I was gathering from the beginning of the book, it was like, it was talking about the 80s and fan culture, but it was doing it in a way that didn't sound like hardcore, and if you're going to do that, you got to be really hardcore, um, about it, I'm not saying it, uh, this isn't like you know PC Master Race talk or anything like that. It's just that, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't know. It just, it just, it just came off a little bit shallow on the gaming elements, and I, and that's fine. If people like it, great. Um, I just, it just wasn't grabbing me, and I was worried that as it went on, it was going to get worse with the throwing out fan service, you know, as a tool as opposed to like an organic part of the story. But again, I only just saw the beginning of it. I now I've seen the trailer of the movie though, and I know a lot about the movie, so I realize that it's literally like a mile a minute on like throwing in characters from Overwatch and and everything, every other. Um, thing under the sun, it's definitely something worth watching. It's going to be a spectacle. I mean, um, and Spielberg is, is, is very rarely messes up in my book. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be fun to watch, but I think that's the one that's two, an hour and 142 minutes. I think that's the one. Um, yeah, I don't know. that. The thing for me is just I've, you know, the book's had a big backlash against it recently. Oh, has it? What, about, because um, of? Just having a very problematic lead character a very much 
looking at fan culture without in any way being like critical or giving any kind of depth to it of just being like, hey, here's a thing you remember liking. Right. You know, sort of the family guy approach of here's that thing you remember. Right. Right. Um, Exactly. And then also the movie. I don't know. I've seen all the trailers at this point. The one that's more like, look at all the stuff. The one that's more, here's the plot and nothing about it seems that original or stands out other than it's like we're gonna show you a, a lot of the iron giant <laughs> yeah i wish it should make you happy but i, I, I love the iron giant uh, but i don't <laughs> yeah you love the iron giant not not the iron giant's cameo or or sidekick role in ready player one i i mean it's just i i wonder i haven't i, I don't think i even saw the one no I, i've seen them both trailers but I, I for some reason i remember the here is all the stuff trailer much more um, They've shown that. I mean, the the, the more plot heavy trailer kind of just came out recently. Yeah, so. um, and I have seen it. Um, but um, where you start to see who the bad guys are and, and 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 how they're coming after him, and they're like, who is this guy? So when I've read reviews though, there's been some early reviews. They've talked about how like it actually has real world part and an in game part, which which from the trailers that I initially saw didn't look like that was the case. So that's much more interesting um, to me. Is that we'll see a lot more of this like world that has leads people to want to go to you know the oasis um and and you know what is happening in the real world that has led to you know that and 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 any interesting political and and socioeconomic uh commentary that that might um bring into into play although it's probably not a big part of it but just just the idea of i don't want it to just be an animated movie i want it to be both um and so that part's interesting i mean it's definitely something that i need to see um and it's definitely something i want to see on the big screen but how much i end up walking out of there you know raising my hand up like hooray like he does when he's rallying the troops in that trailer um i don't know if that's gonna happen so yeah but you know we'll see on that i did want there was one more bit of thing and granted this is from three years ago (laughs) during expanded universe hype um but it was hilarious to me because it's still on the tomb raider movies page is that Producer Adrian Ascari told IGN in an interview that he may oversee a film universe that includes Tomb Raider, Just Cause, Hitman, Thief, and Deus Ex. Wow. Wow. What do I even say <laughs> to they, that? What can I even say to that? You can almost – look, you could almost see Just Cause, Hitman, and Tomb Raider working together, weird as it is, but then you throw Thief and Deus Ex in there and it's just – I say you just get rid of the first three and put Thief and Deus Ex in there or just <laughs> – or even better, just Deus Ex. Make a Deus Ex movie. Yeah, I mean, well, that's my taste, so, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I again, overall, I think it is a perfectly fun movie. Cool. Very cool. Well, well it'll be interesting to uh, regroup after we see Ready Player One and, and, and get our thoughts on that as well. Um, in the meantime, though, uh, why don't we talk about the games we've been playing? So it's been about a month or a little longer, maybe a month and a half since we had our last episode. We're going to do them more frequently if we can. It's been a crazy couple months. However, that means we have quite a few games to talk about. Um, and uh, I guess uh, let's let's dive right into it, huh? Yeah. Well, I just uh, talked a lot about Tomb Raider, so why don't you hit us <laughs> off first? Okay, cool. So I will start um, with uh, Nier. Um, so this is the one I've been playing the most recently. Um, have you played it at all yet? I have not. Okay. So near uh, Automata, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I played a little bit of the original near. I try. I false started it three or four times, and you know, one of the things I just recently was reminded about the original near is that it uh, actually that like the character that we got in the U.S. wasn't the main character. I don't believe the character model. 
um, and they actually like made a burly, like beefy, like Hercules looking dude for us. But in Japan, they got like a live anime dude, which I would have liked so much more. Um, I mean, I can't believe that. And then, and then, uh, then this replicant version came out, and apparently, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't really know all that much about Nier. I do know that there's a universe. It's by Yoko Taro and other people, but he's become as the series has evolved, he's become the. Um, like the the guiding force of it, and then he's the guy that's getting most of the credit for Nier Automata's huge success. Um, and the 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 franchise is goes in the following order: Dragon Guard, which people loved; Dragon Guard Two, which people did not love; um, the first Nier, which was like a prequel to any of the Dragon Guards, I believe. Don't be mad at me if it's not true, uh, listeners. Um, and then Dragon Guard Three, uh, which was I believe a prequel to the first two Dragon Guards. Also, but maybe after the original Nier, something think, like that. I swear, I think Nier is like a sequel to Ending E or something. <laughs> yeah, one of the others. Maybe, maybe. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I do know that Dragon Guard Three comes before one though, because I was listening to somebody talk about all the lore and and it's interesting stuff, especially the Dragon Guard Three story about this character who's like a combination of a bunch of different characters and and like just this crazy history. I mean, they're 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 batshit crazy games. Um, and then, um, so anyway, Nier came out. It was a, all of the games really are really great ideas. And then, you know, dealing with the limitations of not having like the most proficient developers. So it's always been a case of the ideas are bigger than the gameplay is able to pull off. And I'll just talk about Nier because I've played that one. That game is very bleak. It's very hard to, to play because... You know, the combat doesn't feel that great. It's very slow moving. It's very fucking dark. But if but what I've heard is that if you really give it time, there's really original ideas. I, it was one of the first games to feature, I believe, a transgender character. Was that what that was? Yes, I believe so. Uh, I, I believe so, which was which was so ahead of its time and interesting, and it got a lot of praise at the time for that, and that was really cool. Um, there was a lot of neat stuff that that game did, and, and, and you know, plot-wise, it had a lot of different endings, I believe, and it just it just was a very interesting narrative game. Um, but I just never really got back to it. And then when Nier Automata was announced, it was interesting because finally, um, the, uh, the developers who make the Nier games and the Drakengard games are te- teamed up with Platinum Games. So finally they had a good combat developer on board so that there could be, you know, this nice segue between, um, you know, an interesting, you know, plot that's complicated and 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 branching and has all these different implications and is really interesting and dark and gloomy but also has some upbeat elements and then mixing that with bayonetta combat basically um and that is was the promise of near automata some people that were very wise were like dude you guys better look out because this game's gonna be sick and then a lot of people were like i don't know what you're talking about like what is this game i have no idea what it is um, and so, anyway, the game released a demo, and then the buzz started happening last year, and people were like, dude, this demo's pretty sweet, and then, like, the, the uh, uh, game journalists started saying, we've got a copy of the full game, it's even sweeter, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then it just never stopped from there. The game just started steamrolling its way to multiple Game of the Year awards, and, you know, at least top ten on almost everybody's list. Um, people talk about, uh, there's this one YouTube guy who, Skill Up, I think is his name, and he just does these, like, sweeping praise sessions for games that he loves, like, um, and, and he did this thing where he's just like, this is the most masterful masterpiece of a game, it's enchanting, and you'll probably never play it, but if you do, I think that's untrue, because a lot of people have played it now, um, but... <laughs> But you, you'll probably never play it, but it's a masterpiece, and it's so amazing. And, and the way that it does this, it, it, it trusts you to, to take your time with
with it and it doesn't reveal its hand right away and all this you know big bold sweeping comments about how amazing it is and it is very very good um now I um, finally got around to it about three weeks ago after I um, took a, a small break or two weeks ago when I took a break from the, the other big game I've been playing, um, which I'll talk about, and you may be able to guess. And um, I popped near in. I got finally, I've been waiting every for, for months. I've been waiting it for to be on sale on the PlayStation 4 store or at Best Buy so I could sweep it up for about 20 to 30 bucks. And finally it happened. So I got it at Best Buy, got it for like $24 with my discount. I was really pumped about that. So I pop it in, ready to go. And it's really good. It is a really good game. It's really addictive. Um, it's not what you think it is, though. When you see, when I saw the trailers and I saw people talking about it, I really, and I played the demo, too, and I really got the impression that it was much more of a scripted, like, you play this this scene that, like, goes down a corridor, because that demo is like that. You basically run through one of the game's, like, sort of set-piece action sequences it's about 45 mm -hmm. minutes long and you, and you play through it and you attack things and and you have to be very you know you, you dodge and you fight and it's not very hard the combat isn't very hard i'm sure you could crank up the difficulty but on normal it's it's very forgiving and then um as you go on you, you get better and better at it but right after you beat that first section they drop you in this world and when i first got to this world it's an open world and when i first got there i was very much like is this it? Really? Is this where the game takes place? Because it's very desolate and, and sparse. Um, and I get that that's the point, but it, it's very faded looking um, and dilapidated and, and, and also, but not just in a good way. Like that could be good, but also like a lot of the buildings are just like palette swaps of one another and they can very clearly use like the same um, tiles and they just you know place them over and over again again i'm not a game design expert but you can see that that building looks just like that building it looks just like that building and they just are slightly different you know um mm -hmm. and so it, it it's definitely not like the most beautiful compelling world although some people say it is and the atmosphere and the atmosphere does contribute to that a lot what is compelling is the combat um, so basically what happens is you'll run into these different groups of enemies and you just start attacking them. It's seamless. It's open world. And you have, um, when you play your first playthrough, you play as 2S and she is an Android. Um, she, it's strangely, this game is basically the, the main conceit of it is androids versus robots. So the androids <laughs> are, it is. And so the androids are, so basically what happened was some event happens, which I'm sure will be revealed later. Um, and humans are basically exterminated from the Earth or pushed off the Earth by aliens who land. And these aliens aren't in the game, really, and the humans aren't in the game, really. But instead, there are robots on the ground who are, you know, the ones who push the humans out, and then the humans have this bunker where they create androids and send them down, um, and the androids are fighting the robots. So you play two of these androids. Um, the first one is 2B, um, and not 2S, 2B is her name. And then there's 9S, which is like your, your, your compadre. Um, and, uh, and basically the two of you roll around and fight little groups of robots, and then you roll into these different settings. So one of them is this robot village, and when you get there, the music is just amazing, and it's just got, there's these robots, they're all waving flags because they have, they're peaceful robots, even though all the other ones are hostile, and it's very interesting, and when you get there, you're like, what are those robots doing? And then the music, it's like, it almost sounds like they're saying, we want peace, want peace, want peace and it's just really interesting and like like tri trippy and and cool there's this amusement park section you go to and each one of these is kind of discreet so you'll go to the robot village and do your thing there then you'll go to the amusement park section and do your thing there and in each of these settings there's a forest and in each of these settings there's like a big sort of 
set piece is the best way I know how to call it, but it's almost like a dungeon. Um, and so, like, you start at the beginning, you roll through it, there's enemies dispersed throughout, and then you get to some big climactic battle at the end. And there's, like, four or five sections like that throughout the game. And it's fun. Um, the combat's fun. Um, one of the things that makes it really interesting is the fact, the leveling up system, although I like it and don't like it. Um, so there's these things called plug-in chips, and they're, they drop off, like, almost every enemy, and then you combine them together to make more powerful ones. So they'll be, like... Um, uh, ranged weapon attack up and then there's ranged weapon attack up plus one and plus two so you have to combine two plus ones to make a two and two plus twos to make a three and so on so you start building these chips up bigger and bigger and then you can insert them into a grid and as the game goes on you buy more space in your grid to insert more chips and pretty soon you're you're a you know for lack of a better word a killing machine or killing android um, and you just go around just killing everything and if you if you put enough like health um, booster items, like I have auto heal, offensive heal, and deadly heal. So when I kill an enemy, I get 30% health pack. When I hurt an enemy, I get 10% of what I do damage-wise. And when I just chill for 2.4 seconds, my health just comes back. So it's pretty hard to die. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's it's fun. And, and it's fun being tough and, 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 and all of that. The game itself, though, is, is just different than I thought. I really thought it was going to be a much more scripted, you know, ex experience through the game. And then they just script you through a different version when you do the second playthrough and the third playthrough. Because one of this game's biggest highlights is the fact that, you know, it has multiple ways to play it. So, but really what the case is, you play through the first 15 hours, it has an ending, and it's sort of a straightforward story of the androids versus the robots. And then the idea is you replay it from the beginning as your as your partner, as 9S, the guy that was with you. Um, the problem is you play the whole game again, but from his perspective, and it's really the same game with some different changes. They throw new cutscenes in, they give you more understanding of what's going on. But really at the core of it, he's just a much shittier version of 2B. <laughs> so he, instead of having two weapons and nice combos, he gets one weapon. So basically you went from 15 hours of having badass assault combos to a dude that only has one weapon and one combo. But then the thing about him is he can hack enemies. So his heavy attack, instead of being an attack, is a like a, I'm going to take you over and make you do my bidding shit. And that's fine, but it's just not nearly as fun. He's not as fast. He's not as agile. So the gameplay itself isn't as fun, and it feels like a letdown. It's kind of a missed opportunity, and it could have been done better. But the point is, you basically play through as him for the whole game again and learn different aspects of the story, what he was doing when you get separated, stuff like that. And then apparently... The, uh, that's the B route, and then there's the C, D, and E, and those are, you know, another character in different perspectives, and apparently the game really gets awesome in the C, D, and E routes, because that's when you really learn what's really been going on, who's been really pulling the strings, maybe the androids are the bad guys all along, and you didn't realize it, cool shit like that. Um, About, go ahead. how long is a playthrough? 15 hours. 10 to 15 okay. hours, and for me, 23, 24, because I'm completionist. And you do and you do side quests, and when you do them, they're done forever. So that's good. You don't have to redo side quests. Um, and and it, it's very weird. And then by once you finish the C playthrough, apparently, there's a level select. So you can go back to different portions of any of the playthroughs, and... Um, and actually, uh, like like play the, any side quest you missed, or grab any items you might have missed, or do different parts you really like to level up, whatever it might be. So it's a very interesting structure. It's a very interesting game. Um, it's not a 9.75 yet for me, but I haven't gotten to the end of B and then the start of C and D, which I understand just blow your mind. And so it's mm -hmm. interesting. At the end of the 15 hours, it pops on the screen and it says... Um, Square Enix PR has a message for you. It's pretty funny. And then it says, Near Automata was designed as a game to be experienced more than once. 
um, please, uh, when you get to the main screen, um, start your game over again and replay it to get the full Nier Automata experience. And and that's even saying it lightly. Like, that, it, it's not even like, please do this. It's like you haven't even come close to getting anything really even that great out of this game yet. I know I'm going to love it when I get further into it, um, and I really start understanding what it was really all about and all the seeds they planted. But again... The combat's really good, the leveling up is good, the side quests are good, the characters are really excellent. Considering they're both androids, they're amazingly personable and interesting, and there's a dynamic between them and each other, and them and their handler, and then there's this concept, and then here's another thing that's interesting you might be interested in, Jordan, that, so, the way they handle death in this game, obviously you're an android, which is interesting, because when you die, they can just upload your memories to a data center and then like recreate a new android body of you but the way mm -hmm. the game handles it is they basically do it where every time you save that's you uploading your data to the mothership and then if you die while you're out and about you lose all of your plug-in chips and that means every one of those chips i was telling you you've been spending money and 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 chips to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade like my plus six attack for for uh melee attack my plus four i have two pl plus four ranged attacks that i'm like really attached to at this point you know and like, yeah. it just it just puts them on your body, Dark Souls style, and you have to get back to that body. But if for some fluky reason you die on your way to that body, they're fucking gone. Which to me is it, it's it's too punitive. But even if they want to make it feel like those are the stakes, it's it's just so easy to, to to beat. All you do is you just don't say you just you just reload your save, and that's it. You get around it. So mm -hmm. it, it it would have teeth if not for that. At the same time, it's just, it's too punitive. It just is. Um, so I wish there was a happy balance. Like you just lost your experience or you lost some other thing that you need or you've been building up. I just think they could have handled that better. Um, also, the second playthrough, I've heard a lot of people say it, but like people have a lot of trouble getting through the B story because it's just really repetitive with the A story. And a lot of people are like, they should have made those come together somehow. It just feels like you're playing the whole game again and not in necessarily a good way. And the character you play is not as good. So it's just in every way a subpar second playthrough. But if the C, D, and E's make up for it, I'm going to be, I may be saying it's a 975. So to be, to be continued on this, but it is a really good game. I can see how. If Nier, the original, had had Platinum doing the combat, or even just not Cavia doing the combat, um, <laughs> it, it would have been a lot better of a game. And so I can see why people right. are really into this. And also, it's very unlike anything else you'll play. And I think, probably hearing me say this, this, this has got you piqued your interest, I would guess. No, I mean, a lot of it. Now, I, I knew a little bit more about what type of game it was, just because I'd seen a few videos. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been on my list. I you know I haven't been watching it like with a hawk's eye on sales. But yeah, it hasn't had a lot of... Um... <laughs> No, no, it's it's limited, and you know it'll go right up to fifty nine ninety nine again right after. It's one of those type of games. It's not Final Fantasy fifteen, which has been thirty dollars since the day it fucking came out, pretty much. Um, so anyway. uh, but I don't know about that. I spent eighty on it because I got Kingsglee. Oh, that's right. Well, hey man, you you played through the, you played the hell out of that game and watched the hell out of that movie. So it's true. I mean, what's what's fascinating? Not fascinating. I think it's bizarre as it's like instead of making sequels, they're just doing this constant. DLC. Here's like the all the chunks of the story we just didn't show you. Well, if that if that completes the game, then more power to them, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's but anyway, I want to. I'll get back to telling you my sort of my final thoughts when when I when I finish it up. But um, it's definitely an interesting experience, and when I'm playing it, I can't stop playing it. So that says a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, cool. So, uh, all right, are you gonna get to it at some point this year? You think? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, uh, why don't you talk about your uh, your first game? All right. Well, uh, I'm trying to see where would be a good place to start. 
Um, the list is that big. I guess I'll start with a since you you put in a, you put a pin in something. I'll take a pin out of something. Nice. Uh, I finished Breath of the Wild. Uh oh. Or which is to say, Uh-oh. I finished with it because I didn't complete it or anything. Um, because it's a game that, you know, I think you have to be masochistic to want to complete it with all of the Korok seeds. Uh, oh, I don't but... consider that completion. I, that's just, I think there are so many of them so that they're just anywhere you look, there's one, but like fin- getting 1200 Korok seeds or whatever there is like, come on, dude, nobody does that except the couple people that did it to find out you get a piece of shit as a reward. <laughs> Literally. It's you gold. Do? Yeah. It's a gold piece gold of shit, bleed. which is kind of a fuck you. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but uh, I I just overall um, it didn't work for me. I I wanted so badly. <laughs> I heard multiple texts, man. Multiple texts to me from this guy saying like, man, Breath of the Wild is just not happening for me. And man, I just beat Ganon, and it was a game. That kind of thing. I, you know, if a game is gonna be. I guess. Look, I get it. People love it, and I don't want to take that from anyone. If if you loved it, I'm. If anything, I'm envious because I wish it had hit me in the way it hit like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, the big problem I had was that it was too aimless. <laughs> okay. Um, without there being much purpose to the aimlessness, because at the end of the day, I. You know, there are certain things you like from Zelda. Um, right. And for me, one of the big ones is dungeons. And I just, I, I wanted dungeons. <laughs> that was a big part. I, I wish this game had actual dungeons. Um, because it doesn't really. Uh, yeah. It has the beasts, but, you know, to call that a dungeon is, you know, generous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It, they're short, too. They're like five puzzles, and then you fight a boss. And then, um, and there's no like unique weapon. They they made a very bold decision to give you all of the quote unquote weapons. Although there isn't really a hook shot or anything like that. But like they give you the bombs. They give you you know the the the, the magnesis. Yeah, right. Yeah, all that. Um, and you know, I I didn't. The times I would get into the game would be when I was running into fun shrines although i didn't find the shrine i I thought the shrines were problematically small um the ones i liked the most were the longer ones but a lot of the times it was just like oh here's a scale you have to figure out um or something like the ones i really liked i like there was one where you had to like figure out the the there was like you had to place orbs in these these puzzle rooms and you had to like figure out what corresponded to which slot you had to put it in okay um it was like the constellations on the wall or whatever i liked that that one but a lot of times, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. A lot of the times, it felt very basic, or they were very short, or God knows, I would run into one, and it would be like, "Here's a dude that's just gonna whop you." <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you could. And, get, I mean, you can do things that can make that not happen. I mean, once you get some powerful weapons and and stuff, I mean, it, it gets easier. And you can yeah. just like eat some some meal that just makes you like a boss, and then just go in there and shred them. Um, oh, sure, yeah. but that didn't. It wasn't puzzly or chal- like it wasn't. Well, there, it wasn't I mean, mentally- to be fair, there's ten of those. I mean, like out of 120. And- yeah, and then there are a lot that are just you. Oh, your your you know your goal was that you found it, and so I guess that was kind of an environmental puzzle. I don't know. I just felt like it's a very big dead world. Mm. Um, I just feel like you could have. I would. I would like that game a lot more if it were maybe 50 percent of the world size. Okay. 
maybe 33% because there's wow, so much man. dead space in that thing where you're just running. And theoretically, there's Korok seeds, but those are so obscure as to be, you know, indecipherable outside of a guide in a lot of cases. So I, I have it's – it's amazing. To, and I remember you saying that. It's bringing back memories of you texting that and writing that in different places. And, and you know, I – it's hard for me when I think about, and this is very controversial, but when I think about Ocarina of Time, if you want to talk about like a fucking wasteland, like running through those places, like before you get to a dungeon, there's nothing there. I mean, it is like, and it's just a green fucking, you know, texture. I mean, it's nothing. Um, and then, I mean, at least this game, there's always something around a corner and you're using your little tools to find stuff. And then when you do happen upon like a little enclave of dudes they're really fun to fight and then like I, you don't think so no i did not enjoy the combat that well much. that's a big problem because that's it, kind like, of one of the things you gotta like if or you're or you're kind of done no i think it was deeply unsatisfying and i don't think like what do you find in that game outside of finding temples and korok seeds there's items. nothing there's not like, so, like so, new so, weapons but they break well, yeah, but they, they break a lot less later. Um, but, but but what you can – I mean when you get the better ones later on in the game, which I know you got that far. I mean they break a lot less frequently, and you have so many of them that it matters way less. Um, so you just find ones you love, and then you start stockpiling them. you know. And, and it's a decision they made because they wanted people to use lots of different weapons, and I get that. And that is a divisive thing. If there's one thing that's divisive about that game, it's that. Um, and the no dungeons thing. Um, and the, and I have heard people, like I listen to the Game Informer podcast. I've been calling that out a lot lately. But they do what 1UP used to do and what IGN used to do. And that is like literally just have an hour and a half where they talk about the latest games. And that's why I like it. Um, but there are a couple people, now one person on there, not a couple, out of like 15. that. But he's an important guy at Game Informer. And he's just like, I don't get it. I don't like it. Um, he's kind of like you. Um, and I think it's maybe Joe Juba. Oh, sorry, Joe Juba, if that's not you. Um, uh, cause of course he listens. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where there are people that just, it just didn't work for. Um, and I, I, I think if you, if I didn't like the combat, that would be like 50% of what I enjoyed about the game. And then I'd say the rest of it is, you know, just finding stuff, seeing cool shit, building things up in the world. Like for example, you can build up this like town and you go on these like quests around and you find people and you tell them hey you should go to this town and it starts building up and then you can go to that town and buy stuff the horses are cool there's all kinds of side quests you can go to oh do i too. hate the horses but that's a different thing well there's side... i got so stressed about the horses because the game doesn't explain enough about how the stuff works like just the idea that i because i was always okay so i can check a horse out of a stable but if i leave the horse it's gonna get lost no. or no. No. Yeah, but the game doesn't explain that. It doesn't say yeah. that you can go get it at another stable. So I would, I would, I would trigger stables, but I would never bother with horses. I didn't even know there was a town you could build up. Well, Nothing that's... in the game tells you anything, and 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 it's in, it's it's frustrating because I would like to know those things, and I get it. That I get that there should be some things that are about exploring, but all I ever felt like I was finding were what are essentially heart pieces i mean that's a, that's basically what the 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 um Shrine the temples give you. give you right i mean they don't call them heart pieces but it's basically you know you have yeah. to get four of them and yeah. instead of just getting a heart you can get stamina well you definitely um, need three rings of it i mean that's like the first thing you need to fucking do because climbing is crucial and that's another thing too you don't give any um kudos to the fact that this is actually a world unlike almost any open world where you can climb any surface pretty much sure but I don't know. I again, there were certain things like I hated the weather effects. Like the I, 
I all I ever bought, I made sure was like I just looked up immediately. I was like, where do I get the fireproof stuff? Where do I get the water or the the cold proof stuff? Because it was so annoying. Mm. Well, I hated like the ingredient gathering. It just felt like so much busy work in in a survivalist sense. And I just I miss the stuff where it's like do all these side quests to get. When 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 the reward for every side quest is the same, it makes it very hard to want to do the more annoying. But but, side it, but it isn't. It isn't. So so the the ones about the horses get you. I know you hate the horses, but aside from that, they get you different horses that that have some slightly different attributes and go a little faster or a little stronger. You go to certain places and you find like a cool weapon again that lasts a little bit longer. And then once you get later in the game, you find more of those. I get it. That's a divisive. I can't fully defend that decision. I get why people. Yeah, no. Like, I just I can't like I would get things like oh here's the sword of the ancient warrior and i'd be like okay it's gonna break eventually so but whatever so okay and i'm a hoarder and, and when the horse move, stuff like, i'm a hoarder so i i get that part of it and then like movement stuff i you know i didn't see the point of horses especially once i got Ravali's gale and i could just boost into the air and float everywhere or you like once you've gotten enough shrines teleporting gets you most anywhere you need to go yeah. and i was teleporting across the map so i definitely didn't want to horse ride places so what's fun about horse riding for me is um when i want to explore an area i would go grab a horse and i or just find one and then just because you can do that and then just roll around an area and just like see when your little shrine detector goes off and tells you there's a shrine nearby and find it i found that genuinely like in a in a in a uh, Zen type way, relaxing, like rolling around that world. And I know what you mean about an open world being empty and lifeless. I just didn't find it that way. Now, granted, there are long stretches where there's not. I, I mean, it, it, though, I, I, I won't even say, I won't even go so far as to say that it, it is sparse in places. But I, I won't say that there's not stuff pretty much around every corner because there is. And I know when you look at a map of like what's actually there, it's insanely dense. Like, lots of little shit. Like, here's where you find a certain ingredient that's great for whatever. Here's where you find a little enclave of enemies that are interesting in such and such way. Here's where you find the shrine, the different temp shrines, which can give you different stuff. And, and here's where you find the, the big walking creatures. Oh, and each time you're going to get to a creature, there's a whole side quest and a story related to that. So you trigger these, like, interesting stories with these four um, champions. That You didn't dig any of that stuff? No, I liked when the game had a story every three hours. I did mm -hmm. enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's super sparse. and it, I, I just – I wanted to love it. I wanted it to be a game where I had fun getting lost in the world. Fallout is a game where I enjoy – well, Fallout 3 and New Vegas <laughs> are games where I enjoy getting lost in the world and just seeing the side stories. I None of the side stories felt like anything that you couldn't get in any other Zelda game. Yeah. And again yeah. – there, there were dungeons with puzzles to solve. There were side quests that gave you, oh, this gives you the big Goron sword, or this will give you a new one of... Like, that's why I love Majora's Masks, because all the masks are different, and they do different things, and you don't have to worry about losing them 20 minutes later, because their durability ran out. Mm, yeah. It's just nothing I... Like, I, I especially got to the point where I would want to get every chest in a temple, and just so the little chest icon would show up, and I was like, oh, well, this chest had another regular guardian sword so i'm gonna take this one and just fling it across the map so i can pick this one up so that the chest closes yeah i know what you mean um that's that's definitely true how do you like the abilities and and the armor um i mean i liked rivali's gale i, I, I can see that, that one. i can fucking see that man <laughs> it's your whole try to remember technique i mean there was the that one there's the one where you turn into a goron and like hit shit i think oh no it protects you it's, it's yeah, been a while for you. me 
Um, there's there's another... one that protects you, there's one that's like the explosion, and then there's the one that brings you back from death if you run out of hearts. Right, right, right. Like a, like a nice revive. And then how about the Master Sword quest? That was cool. And that village you go to, and that, that dude, and, and then how about the guy who plays music? Ah, he was okay, actually. I'm, I'm arguing with myself. He was all right. Actually, um, I liked that character. Oh, my God! That's so like, weird. that stuff, I still found a little obtuse, but I liked finding him and him giving some sort of, like, environmental riddle and it being like, all right, you got to figure out what to do. All right. But, like, and I hate the rain. God almighty. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's the no, worst that's, thing. That's unacceptable. Because, that's unacceptable. Because the rain was essentially, you can't climb right now. Go away. <laughs> no, really, you that no, that's completely unacceptable. I understand. And just in random places. If it was story related, like I think there's that one thunder plateau where it's story related, yeah. that's fine. No, no, but no. But it would I, be like you know, I'm trying to get to this one place and the game's just like, not right now, you're not. No, exactly. No, that sucks. That's a bad decision. I think it's totally fine to make you put away your metal gear. That's fine. Metal gear. Huh. <laughs> And and that that's totally fine to me. Okay, I have to uh, do something intelligent about the fact that it's raining. But telling me that literally you've just cut off my ability to get to said place that I just spent five ten minutes getting to really sucks. And you end up just putting the controller down or doing that thing where you can make time pass or something like that. Also, I just remembered some other things. Um, what about all the cool like the ancients and those machines that you kill? I forgot about that when we were talking. And then like the cool like inventors and the way that they upgrade your abilities and they give you this cool new gear you can build and and the, the crafting stuff and. I don't know. There's so much cool stuff in that game. I, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to rationalize. You know, some of the things that you're saying about there not being much to do there. But I mean, I get All your right, perspective. Not, not necessarily not much to do. Just nothing I found fun to do. And again, it was yeah, a lot of. Fair. It was a lot of dead air to me. Like getting to the places, and then I just to me, the weapons and then crafting stuff is not exciting. There was nothing that really changed the game in an exciting way. Um, and then it got to points where it was just like you had to do such exorbitant things. Like you have to give so much money to the last great fairy. Yeah, yeah, to get that really good gear, last upgrade and stuff. You're right, you do. Um, you know, I would run around and I, I liked the, I, I liked so many of the ideas, and I wanted to. Like you know, I wanted to. I was trying so hard to like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you were saying that, and I believe you. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, I don't know. I I don't know. It's it's just hard. It's hard for me to understand. Um, being being so down on it, and I guess what it, what that part of what that comes from. If this, let me ask you a question. This will be an interesting question. If this were not Zelda, if this were another game, and I, 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 you know, and I think I have an interesting answer to this too. If this were another game that just came out and was everything this is minus the Zelda references, minus your expectations of what a Zelda is, what do you think that would have done to your impressions of the game? Um, I honestly think they'd be worse. Okay. Um, because the things I liked were the aesthetic stuff. I think sound design wise, I loved like the sound of the Sheikah slate going into the, like the little, uh, map thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I liked that little like chunk noise. I liked hearing the Zelda effects and the characters and the themes whenever music would show up. It's a very quiet game. A lot mm -hmm. of the time it is. Um, but I had the same problem with it that I kind of ended up having with, with uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, which is, like, I like the ambition of, of you know, Japanese game developers looking to the open-world game design that has kind of been perfected in the West and wanting to emulate it and do things, but I just feel like it ultimately has a lot of outdated flaws that make it unappealing, and so I think those issues are still going to be there, whether it's Zelda-themed or not. 
Isn't that funny that, like, the two games you're talking about are, like, two of the most beloved games the last two or three years? Like, I mean, I think Metal Gear Solid 5 rated. is great. Yeah. No, I, think, yeah. I, do, I do like Metal Gear Solid 5. I just got tired of it when I when suddenly it was an entirely new map and there was all the yeah. new stuff to do. And it was – that game is overly long. It just bums me out that I know there's no ending. Like, that just fucks with me. Um, it fucks with me. But anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get over it here for a minute. Um, yeah, I just – I wanted – so much, but by the point where I had done the fourth Great Divine Beast, and I was like, "Man, there's still stuff to do," but I just didn't want to do it. So I was like, "I'm just gonna go fight Ganon," okay. <laughs> and I did it. And then I was like, I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, there's a, there's a, there's like a true ending if you see all the memories." And I was just like, "I'm just gonna watch that on YouTube," and I did because I just I didn't have enemy to play any more of that game. I wish I did. I wish I liked it, but for me, it's just like it's it's. I, I, I went in knowing the changes. I knew it was going to be different. So I was fully ready for a not traditional Zelda game. It is not that I was disappointed on that level. Well, I, it think, is that I think on some level you were um, that that it was, from what you're saying, that it was – because one of the things you mentioned is that you really miss dungeons primarily. I do. And and that is something that is, like, maybe the biggest change. In fact, it's the biggest change. I mean, the open world being sparse, I get that. I can hear what you're saying. That, that makes sense. I think the dungeons thing, it's it's hard to call that anything but expectations in a way. I guess when people – it was a little expectation because people were so, – so many people were like, it, it got rid of a lot of what made, used to make Zelda Zelda, but it was for the better. I see. And there was so much praise for – the the idea of the shrines and for it to be so disappointing because every time i would get to one i wanted i wanted to be able to sink my teeth into something but it was over like like a handful of popcorn yeah it's it's almost like it's almost like they made are you there yeah it's almost like they made the decision that they have this huge area and they want you to be able to discover these places so rather than give you like 15 or 20 meaty experiences they're going to take all the puzzles and just spread them out but i took that for what it was worth and i just said okay I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Sometimes they were over really quickly, but they were bite-sized. And in this modern day, especially, and even on the Switch, not that it, I think it was made in time. Well, I guess it was made for that system. But, you know, it, it's not – it's it, it, it the bite-sized aspect of it, I just said, okay, you know, we're in, this is the age of the millennial. Like, this is the short bite-sized things. I'll just try to pretend that instead of doing one dungeon, I'll just do ten shrines, you know. And, and, and yeah, they're not going to be cohesive and themed like a dungeon would be, and that's and that's something you lose, but what you gain is all the other stuff, and I get that's what you're saying, is that you were waiting to see what you gained, and you were like, I just nothing in my bucket. And again, I don't think the dungeons are the be- end-all, be-all. Like, I love Majora's Mask, and it only has, like, the four big dungeons and then a lot of side-questing, mm-hmm. but I, again, I feel like there's reward, a good reward for the side-questing. Right. And even if, like, had the had the um the what are they the, the divine beasts been just meteor had they been something that that took a while and had like dungeon feel to them or or just that i would like it more i think i think four more dungeons would have done this game worlds of good and i think they did add at least one with the dlc so that's a that's an improvement and granted yeah. you know there's ganon um, and his castle at the end, which I, you know, is, is is solid. But but you're right. I mean that that's that. I think at least three more dungeons would have done the game a lot of good. Um, especially with there's a lot of world there. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, there's a lot to this game. It is a big undertaking. So I can see why they kind of were like, all right, that's this game. It's done. Um, Let me ask though. Yeah. What order did you, if you remember, even do you remember I what might... order you went in? Yeah. Um. I did. Um. What are the four again? Remind me. 
there is the the one with the the Ruto. There's the one with the not the Sheikah, the Gorons. There's the one with the Gerudo, and there's the one with the Ravali, which are okay. the bird people. Okay, so I think I did the Gerudo first. The, no, not the whatever. No, no, no. The um, the fish. Uh, the water is that? Yeah. What's that one? The Rito. The Rito. No, no, no. That's the bird. That's Prince Sidon. No, the birds are the Rito, aren't they? Birds are the Rito. Then they're the Zora. Sorry, Thank Ruto you. was the princess of the Zora. Right. Okay. Right, yeah, right. that's where I'm. Okay. So yes, yeah, so the, the 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 Prince Sidon and Zora all. Zora, I did first. I think. Um, the second I did was the Goron, I think. Goron. The third I did was... There was a lot of space in between, though. The third I did was the Rito, the birds. And the fourth one was the desert. And I, okay. and, and, and again, I have to say this, and this, may, this definitely contributed, especially hearing your experience with the game. One thing that I did with this game is I did not have any problem using resources. So I looked at maybe 10 or 20 different... Eh, probably more, five or six different... Um, things I wish I knew before I played Zelda Breath of the Wild articles. I looked at different guides that said, here's how to get the most out of this game. Um, and I never read enough that it spoiled it on me completely. I still did a ton of exploring on my own. I still found stuff on my own. But there are a couple key things that I heard, like get the climbing gear. I know you, you told me you, you stumbled on it anyway, which maybe the game was designed you know, to, to point you in those directions. It just didn't happen. For well, me. I was going to say, I think it inherently pushes you to do the... I mean, again, you can do them in any order, but I feel like they, they definitely make the Zora the most easy to do one first because there's no weather bullshit there. Right, right, exactly. Well, what do you? what was your order? I, I did I honestly am trying to remember I, I forget if I did the birds or the Goron second or third but I did the I did the Rudo first and I did the desert last Zora first and the desert last yeah um right yeah uh, yeah so you know I mean me too and and so yeah that the middle ones are the only ones that there's a question about but again um I read that I read that's the best order to do them in and that's what I did um, much like I would do that with a, um, what were the, what are those games where, oh, like Mega Man. Like, I, I you think I'm going to spend the time figuring out which weapon works best on which Robot Master? No fucking way. I'm going to find <laughs> out which Robot Master is weak to fucking blades. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I mean, definitely, I, I, you have valid points. I think it, it either sweeps you up in its, in its, uh, embrace or it doesn't. Um, so... You know, I can see that, and you, and you know, your your Odyssey experience was was much brighter than mine, so it's definitely yeah, I mean, interesting. And you know, I I, I don't know, because it's not like the rewards in Mario are different. You're always getting moons, but again, I enjoyed the the, the I just enjoyed that one more. I don't know. I w- look again. I wish I enjoyed Breath of the Wild, and I get on some level what people like about it. Um, just for me, you know, it wouldn't even make. It may. I. I really have to think about it. I know it wouldn't be in my top five Zelda games, but I don't even know if it'd be in the top ten. So. Well, I mean, that's what I, I mean. Yeah, it's just. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, cool. Um. So I actually have a quick question for you before we move on. Um, okay. Uh. Did you? Or I hope this doesn't spoil anything. I remember that when it was announced, you were the one of the few people who were like, maybe it won't be that bad, and that game is Metal Gear Survive. Um, have you played it slash what are your thoughts now? Um, uh, we did play the open beta. Okay. Um, and you know what? We enjoyed it for what it's worth. Uh, it's a very brief beta. It had maybe two missions, one of which was really good, uh, with just two people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd have a, th- actually we, we 
we could at this point uh kelsey and i could put a crew together of four if we, we have a couple friends who would maybe have played it um but uh you know the reviews weren't great it didn't fully scratch our itch but i you know I, I i saw some value there but it didn't make me want to buy it okay interesting i thought you were going to be the guy that got it on day one and was like fuck y'all this game rocks i honestly almost did i got another game instead and then we had gotten monster hunter world which has co-op so we'd been playing that so we kind of had that for a bit um so so it just ended up not happening but you know not out of like disgust i thought it was it wasn't like great but it it would have been fine enough look it's such a dearth of co-op experiences at the moment that you know we kind of were would be in a position to take just about anything okay all right fair enough um so uh, let's move on to the next thing um, and actually, I think that's a really good opportunity. Let's talk about the other real big one um, and discuss Monster Hunter World. All right. Um, so I um, got it about a month after it came out. And I had intended to get it right from the beginning, but remembering my experience with 4 Ultimate and how I just really struggled to get into that game personally, I really struggled to get into it. And I never gave it enough time to really get into it. Um, but I, I, I played some of it and I was just like, oh, am I going to like this one? And I watched a lot of videos and saw a lot of stuff. And then finally I red boxed it and I ended up buying it from Redbox, um, <laughs> and, and which, which is really expensive and shitty, but I did it, um, because I couldn't stop playing it. Um, and so for me, it's definitely, I played about three Monster Hunter games at different points. I played like a little of three. I played four for about four hours. Um, and then now I played, uh, Monster Hunter World for probably about 40 hours. Um, and I got to... Um, let's see, uh, right, I'm right at the edge of high rank right now. I just about to crank over to high rank. Um, but man, do I love that game. Um, it is, oh man, I love that game. I mean, it, it, it is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's the, it's the experience that takes Monster Hunter and brings it to the masses. Um, the very first week it came out, they had this message that popped up on the screen that said, we've sold 5 million copies. Here's a thank you prize pack. And then the next week it was 6 million. I mean, the game's a fucking smash. Um, and pretty much everybody that played Destiny now plays Monster Hunter. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, like, even the, even the streamers that stream Destiny and stream, uh, the stream Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, like people like Arix and Datto and, um, people like that, they, now they just, now they talk about Monster Hunter. Nobody's playing Destiny. Destiny's at an all-time low. I would have, if you'd asked me last year, like, if I thought Destiny, like, was gonna have this kind of, like, what what I thought was going to happen with Destiny, I would never have predicted the crash that that game has had. They have so few users now, it's like, I can't even believe it. I can't, I mean, I don't think they care really, because it's not a subscription game. So it really doesn't matter as long as people buy Destiny 3. But at the same time, like, I just can't believe what happened with that game. But anyway, this is the new game that I play in that, along those lines. Except I play it solo, and I really like it solo. Um, I have people I could play with, but I really, really do enjoy it solo. Um, but anyway, uh, well, how about you? I have enjoyed it. How far um, did you get? I was in... I mean, I'd unlocked all the areas. Um, I don't know how many... I, th- I don't think I had that many... Um, no, I know where I was at. I was at the part where I had to like, fight a Rathalos. Uh, but I, I honestly... It's not, not wait, for like wait, lack of... Wait, Rathal- you mean the first time? You never got to high rank? No, I've not gotten to high rank. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Um, now my friends, the I thing was, I thought you were a hardcore it, on Monster Hunter, at least four, I thought you played like 45, 50 hours of that. I did. Okay. I actually think I'm at like 40 or 50 hours in this. Oh, okay. 
Um, but so when it first came out, I was working a lot the week of it coming out. And so I was, you know, I took me a week to go to it. My friend, you know, Kelsey and then our friend Ron had been playing a lot of it. And so they were already like way past that. And so we, we were doing some co-op stuff and they were helping me through. And then we would just kind of do expeditions and we would just kind of go slay stuff for hours. Uh, so that's where most of my time went. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Play it's, it's a, it's a solid co-op experience, but um, I don't know. I, my, like my, my initial reaction to it was just kind of I, there was there was something about it I didn't like as much as four. I don't even know what it was because that's hard. Know, it's to been believe, a few years considering the console difference. I mean, considering that you're not fucking hamstrung by you know a 3ds with the graphics and the draw distance and the and the you know screen real estate and you know scroll the way you access everything, the fact that you have to claw it to really play it right. I mean, all that stuff. All those hindrances, and yet that that experience. In fairness, Monster Hunter Four was a new 3DS like launch title, so right. So you were really motivated the, the, to the play the camera it. stick. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm not saying it for that reason at all. It had the camera sticks, like the the oh, claw right, wasn't right. there. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, sure. you know, it wasn't a great nub, but it did the job. Right. Um, I just really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I knew going in, I, I think it was just 100% how new it was because a lot of the monsters in Monster Hunter have carried through the series. Sure. Um, but the big thing I think was just the first time I played it, it was all new and it was exciting. And, you know, I, I was, I don't know. I was, I was just taken with it. And this time it felt like a lot of the same, even being on a more powerful console and looking prettier, the thing with Monster Hunter, and I get why Destiny people would play it, is it's a loop. It's a very satisfying loop, but it is hunt monster, craft stuff, hunt bigger monster, craft better stuff. Okay. And that's that's the loop. And again, a lot of games have a loop like that. Destiny definitely has that loot loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed playing it, and I was enjoying playing it with friends, but ultimately it was just kind of like... You know, I'm fighting a lot of Rathalos, or not a lot of Rathalos, although we did, I think, kill one as a group. But it's like, you know, I'm fighting the Anjanath, and I'm fighting the Rathian, and I'm fighting the Kuliku, and I'm building the stuff, and the armor, and it's getting better. And it it just, after we played it like 30, 40 hours, which is a lot, I was just kind of like, this, it doesn't really change. I mean, even when you get to, like, the, the plus rank monsters, it's just, like, they're a different color and maybe they get some new moves. There's more monsters, too. There's Elder Dragons and there's 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 other things. They aren't just all palette swaps. There are there are actually, like, there, there'll there be, like, a couple. I haven't gotten into it yet, but I've, I've looked at it a lot about it. And, like, you'll get to those monsters and then they'll, they'll be ones that are palette swaps that are more powerful. And then they'll be, like, a new monster. And then that keeps happening. Um, so that, that does happen. Um, you do get Yeah, no, monsters. but... I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, overall, I just, you know, they we, we played it a lot. I, I just kind of, to me, it was like, it wasn't anything revolutionary. I was like, it's Monster Hunter. It's kind of the same as it was in Monster Hunter 4. Mm-hmm. I like playing with the Insect Glaive, and I do think it is a, a fun, unique weapon that the series has that I still really like. But, what, you what know, did after... crewmates play? Uh, Kelsey was using the daggers, mostly. The dual blades? Yeah, dual blades. That's my weapon. And then Ron was using the hammer. Ooh, that's my second weapon. No, my third. Yeah, I, those are fun, man. The do- So for me, let me tell you what my experience was. I picked up the game, and I've always been. It was like this when I played 4 uh, Ultimate also. 
I've always been hesitant to play one of the like easy weapons. I've always thought that they because you know you hear you watch like the hardcore videos and even when they're written for beginners but like they're hardcore people talking to beginners, it's always like you know these weapons are good, they're simple but they're good and fun and there's complexity once you learn them. But what's really fun is such and such and what's really <laughs> fun is this and this and you, what you really want to do is use this the charge blade is all I fucking hear from all these streamers anymore. Charge blade, charge blade, charge blade. And then, like, you know, some people, um, and then, you know, the, a lot of people say the great sword is awesome, but you really got to learn how to time it. And then a lot of people like, uh, you know, this, there's the switch axe. So anyway, when I got into it, I was like, and I was like this before, too. I never want to use, like, the sword and shield, the dual blades, or the long sword. I want to use something fucking different, like you did with the insect glaive. And it was the new one that time, so I get that's why you also picked it. Um, yeah. But um, I tried to play with the switch axe, and I was having fun, but... I now finally get it when they explain to you what they what when you know when they always tell you in these videos or any guides you read or even friends you talk to that play Monster Hunter they always tell you start with one of the beginner weapons just do it because you're not you, you just need to and the reason for that I finally get it because what happened was I was playing the switch axe and I was like fighting with that fucking switch axe and I got I learned how to play it I knew the combos kind of and I could do stuff. But I'm all focused on that, and I'm trying to learn monsters at the same time, and I'm just having a hell of a time. So when I switched to the dual blades, which are incredibly simple on the surface, that became not the problem anymore. And I could realize what the game was. And the, and the fucking curtain went back, and I was like, holy fuck. Now it's all about dodging and finding what I'm attacking and all that kind of fun stuff that is Monster Hunter that I'd never really experienced. So for me, like probably five of the six million people that played this game, this was my first deep Monster Hunter experience. So I had that ah moment, you know, of like, wow, this is what Monster Hunter is. But it didn't come until I found the right weapon. And that, say, and that sort of matches with what a lot of people have said about this game or any Monster Hunter. They say, if you're using a weapon and it's not working for you, fucking switch. Because you are not going to like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And then you may get back to it later, but find a weapon that works for you. And I always thought that was, okay, that's good advice, I guess. But, like, why can't I just get good at this weapon, you know? Um, yeah. And really what it comes down to is, when I switched to the dual blades, I started loving the game. And then I started scrolling, growing through it, getting different dual blades, find out what I needed to build the next one up, um, finding the cool armor that I wanted to get. You know, watching videos online about how you need handicraft as a skill, finding out what armor and how long it's going to be till I can get handicraft, and have divine blessing skill, the skills, and the you can build these different builds with the with the armor that's mixed and matched. It's really cool, and I'm right at I just finished Rathalos, and I'm right at um uh, the devil one with the horns that kills you in one hit pretty much. I'm about to fight face him, and then I'm going to move on to high rank, and I can't wait. I also found myself enjoying the hub world and you know eating the stuff all the charm of monster hunter i guess i never got to it before so for me this was that experience and man is that a great game i mean it i can finally see and i know this is probably what every single if you're listening to this you're probably like i've heard 10 people say the same thing but it's true um this this game is phenomenal and now i finally had my aha moment where i'm like this game is that good and it is just so fun to get your new dual blades like i got the anjanath dual blades after farming car carving and farming and doing the um 
uh, uh, you know, get, getting the, the fangs, right, from a carve, because you need to carve mm-hmm. him. And then, you know, getting my fire dual blades and just being a badass. And then, you know, getting the pangas and madness pangas and using those on monsters that are weak to water and all the elemental shit. And then as you go further in the game, there's other things that come into play. Like for dual blades, you don't really get any of the cool affinities. Not affinities. Um, affinity means critical, I learned. But but the um, you get a lot of cool... Um, uh, status effects like um, status ailments like paralysis and sleep with dual blades you don't get those pretty much until high rank so I've like that's a whole other door I get to open and that's what's exciting to me now once I see all the tricks it has to offer I could see myself being like well I'm done for a while but right now it just feels like purest discovery in just the best way I mean yeah I, I can see that I don't know to me I just I feel like the I I've never found the combat to be that different monster to monster. Yeah, I mean, I um, agree. I agree. And and so, again, it's just, I don't think it's bad. I think it is a good game. And, and for, like, as a person's first monster, I think it is a very good one. It's just, I find it to be a game that is fun right up until it isn't. What, uh, what, what is the isn't part? Uh, once once you are tired, it's just of diminishing the same thing. returns. Yeah, it's just I, I think it's just diminishing returns. It's like oh, I killed this monster, and then it's like oh, I killed another monster, and you, you keep doing that. And again, the loop is fun, and you get better stuff. But after a certain point, it's like, man, I'm doing the same stuff where I do this combo, and I sh- you know I shoot my kids. And again, I could switch weapons, but then you have to do all the grinding to level those weapons up, and that whole so thing not, seems like a not, headache. Not really, actually. Um, so the thing about the weapons that's really interesting when you switch, because I've done this quite a bit, is that... You can un-upgrade and get your materials Even back. aside from that, I, no, I wasn't even going to go there, although that is true, because I wouldn't bother, because I'd want to keep my fat-ass insect glaive also, you know, if I were you. But, like, you have a bunch of shit you're not using. So you can make some kind of third-rank other weapon. So, like, let's say you want to do longsword. Go grab a longsword. I'm sure there's some uh, monster you farmed enough when you were doing those investigations you spoke of to, like bust out a longsword level three Kula Kula longsword or something, you know? Yeah, um, but... So, go ahead. Or, well, again, it's like, yeah, I could get a different weapon, but that's not going to change the monster. I mean, an Anjanath's an Anjanath's an Anjanath. Mm. So I, I just... Again, I just... I honestly... I wish there were more monsters. It feels like there could have been more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just... I enjoyed it. I, it is a solid game. It's not like Breath of the Wild where I didn't enjoy it. I had a lot of fun with it. It's just I played the hell out of it for a couple weeks there, and I'm just like done. I was just it never it never like blew me away in the way it probably did a lot of people who did, this is their who first didn't play big Ultimate monster. Four a shitload like you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. I'm I'm, I'm a little disappointed. And but... maybe maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like Monster Hunter Four was much better about just keeping you rolling into new monsters. Um, it wasn't big worlds like it wouldn't be an area where it was you know you would see the three different ones just hanging out all together but like each mission was oh here's a new monster to fight no here's a new monster to fight and it felt like there was a much steadier stream of new stuff to fight in that one okay all right fair enough but i could be misremembering it's been a few years i don't know yeah and also there's there's the fact that i mean a lot of people talk about this game like they just speed through low rank the part that you and i have played pretty much exclusively at this point or actually exclusively at this point a lot of people even relatively new people just speed through that part because they really want to spend their time on like the high rank where the good gear is and like that like a lot of people would say you and i haven't even really experienced this game yet i would i would argue that's not true but but you know what i'm saying sure i'm not a gear grinder Okay. So that that's why Destiny to me is a game I will play for eight hours probably and enjoy the story of. 
Okay. All right. Uh, if there is a story to enjoy. There, there is in, in two. It's so hard for me to say anything positive about that game. I have never, I'll tell you this. I have never had a love-hate relationship with a game more than Destiny. I have never played a game before that when I'm into it, it's my favorite thing, and I literally don't even want to listen to any podcasts that aren't about Destiny. And when when that month or two is up, I get sick in the stomach physically when somebody talks about it. Like, it's, it's the most repulsive thing when you're not into it, when you're, like, done with the content. You are done. It is like an ex that you, like, are so over, you never want to hear their name again. Um, it is, I don't know why it's so strong and passionate like that. Maybe it's because how much of an identity it becomes when you're playing it hardcore, but oh my God, I've never felt so passionately sick about thinking about a game, you know, retrospectively as I do thinking about destiny Two. And then you know it when the next DLC comes out, I probably won't really care. But when the big DLC comes out in, in September, the, the, like, you know, basically destiny 2.5, which they do every other year. Um, holy shit, I'm going to be probably back in there and thinking, how did I ever hate you, Destiny? I love you again. You know, I mean, I know that's coming. So anyway, but for right now, there's like 5,000 people playing it at a time or something ludicrous like that. It's so dead. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got that off my chest. So any other Monster Hunter thoughts before we move on? No, I'm good. All right. Cool. Me too. Um, so, uh, you are up, my friend. All right. I kind of want to hear about, unless you have one on, on, on your mind, I want to hear about Celeste. Well, I was going to run through some quick ones okay, just cool. because. Uh, so I picked up, like, but Nindies are a big thing, the Nintendo's indie lineup. Uh, well, yeah, you I got your Switch, few. and you were really into, like, the idea of playing the Switch, right? And then that also led to picking up a bunch of games? Yeah, uh, one of which was SteamWorld Dig, which is a game I'd always heard good things oh, about. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Or I played, 3DS. I played quite a bit of that. It's good. Uh, it is fun. It's a short game. There's, like, three major areas uh, that you get through digging, um, and, you know, it's a resource game, you, you get more resources, uh, it's a loop, too, you get the resources to buy better drills, and hammers, uh, and picks, and, uh, steam weapons, and all that, and then, you know, as you get deeper, the earth gets tougher, so you need stronger stuff, and more money to buy it. Yeah, but I, I don't know, I, I, I see, so, so definitely less so, though, than, I mean, not SteamWorld Dig specifically, but, like, games like that, like also any Metroidvania, I mean, which it kind of is, um, because you're always getting to new areas. So they always feel something new. And then the game's over no, no, when, when there's not. No, no, I think it does a good job of that. And because it, it does introduce the gear through the game. It's just then, every time you get a new gear piece, you're, you just you have to start upgrading it as you go. Um, but it also does a good job of creating puzzle rooms. Um, not that they're super hard puzzles, but they are things where you have to figure out how to use the gear appropriately to get through. Um, and that's how you get, like, the new story pieces or the upgrades. And, and you know, that's all fun. Um, I, I don't think it overstayed its welcome. It left me wanting more. And so I think that's the mark of a good game. Uh, and, a good, it was, and a good pop song. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a good experience i had fun with it uh, i know there is steam world dig 2 which i would like to try there's also steam world heist but that's like a turn-based yeah. game so i'm not really excited about that yeah, i'm all right with uh, that one but i would like to play steam world dig 2 at some point uh but that was fun i've been playing darkest dungeon that game so let, let me tell you this somebody i was listening to i think it was yeah i think it was the guy yeah it was um, the guy. So I was listening to an interview with a uh, game director. He worked on his main game was Bioshock Two. So he's like big shit. But now he's moved on, and they announced a game recently. Uh, something like it's something about like kids exploring um, Cthulhu under their under their town. Have you heard of that? 
Um, it's like mm-hmm. ban- Bandit Kid Night or something like that. But anyway, it looks okay. really cool. Oh, like the Full Moon Club or the Dark Moon Club or something like that. Half Moon Club, something like that. But anyway, Vaguely. but but he's working on that now. But he was interviewed and he was talking about like what he loves in a game and like in a in a loop and 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 making games fun. And he he was just like Darkest Dungeon is probably my favorite like dungeon crawling dungeon dive game I've ever played. Period. And this is like Bioshock Two fucking director. So like this guy knows his shit. People talk highly uh, of that game. Yeah, it's a very fun game. Um, the exploring the dungeons, it's a game that keeps you on your toes because you have to manage a lot of stuff. Um, I know Kelsey's talked a lot about it in the past, so I won't go too, too deep, too, too much on it. But the the biggest thing about it is, you know, you get a party of randomly generated characters that come in on a stagecoach, uh, and you have to make a party of four, and, you know, each character has different moves that... You kind of they they have eight moves total, but you pick four of them uh, for your loadout, and that determines kind of where they're best placed in the ranking. Because certain moves can only be used from the back row, or from the back two spots, or from the front two spots, or the middle two spots. Um, and so placement's a big part of it. And you have things that move the enemy. The enemy have things that move you, which can really throw your party off. Um, so it's all about managing that. But the other thing is sanity, which is a big part of it, because all of the characters have different mental effects that can affect them some of which are good but most of which are bad or do I things bet. like yeah it is darkest their... dungeon not brightest dungeon so yeah it reduces the character's speed or they'll have a compulsion to explore chests which can lead to them instantly triggering traps because they're just going to do it regardless of what you want um they'll have uh weaker against certain enemies or better against certain enemies and there's all these things you get from the mental stuff um and they have a stress meter that builds throughout a dungeon where you know uh, seeing something horrible will raise their stress, or getting hit for critical damage raises their stress. And if they get to a hundred uh, stress level, they can develop a new crippling thing that will happen during the dungeon. Like they'll 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 just start demoral yelling demoralizing things and affecting everyone else's mental well being. Interesting. Um, it can occasionally be a boon, which is really good. But if they get to two hundred stress, then they are. Uh, they have a chance of just having a heart attack and dying. Wow. And it's, and it's permadeath. Yeah, it is permadeath. Um, there is very rarely a uh, boon where it'll let you bring someone back from the dead from the graveyard. Very, very rarely it'll be like a town event. I've, I've seen it one time. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, but there are four different areas you can go to. And when you're in town, you have to like manually use your money to level things up. Uh, to level your characters up, to get them better gear, to get the uh, to heal them, to de-stress them, to get rid of diseases. Um, but you also have to collect things to level up the shops to be able to give you those bonuses. Okay, pretty much like Diablo and stuff. Uh, so it's a lot of that, and you you get a big party. So basically, you have to manage what type of characters you have. There's a lot of classes, and you can only take four in. So you figure out what, what types of parties you like, what types of parties are going to be good for which dungeon, because there's four different areas with different types of enemies and different effects that you'll see a lot of. You have to pick your loot specifically, because sometimes a dungeon will just go wrong on you, <coughs> and um, you, you'll maybe have to retreat. And then you'll – the problem with retreating is you've spent all this money to prep for it, and then you have no money in it. It can really snowball on you I see. if you're not careful, because – Maybe the the dungeon like you'll get certain things like certain classes will be like oh you'll just get a a um antidote just right away 
when we go out. But you have limited inventory space, too, so you have to consider that. But you can buy keys that will let you access additional treasure, or you can buy a shovel, which is one of – I always buy at least two shovels because uh, shovels let you dig through rough terrain. And if you don't have a shovel, you can get through, but everyone's going to take about 20 stress, roughly. Right. And take about two to, you know, take a good chunk of damage. And I had a dungeon where I didn't have a shovel, and I ran into three of those, and they, like, everyone went crazy by the end of the dungeon. Oh, and, uh, not died. One person died. Like, really, hitting 200 is tough, unless they're really getting slammed on. So that but was the 100. Like... Go ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the 100 can really build up, too. So uh really quickly and, and cause a lot of issues so it is a balancing game that it's it's very much it's a lot of micromanaging um and figuring out the best teams to put together and the other problem is as people level up they'll get because i've been kind of like trying to play it safe i haven't really gone into too many of the higher level dungeons yet but once a character gets to fifth level they will refuse to go into early level dungeons they'll be like that's above my time oh Despite the fact that at level four, they could still get real effed up by that dungeon if things go wrong. So the game basically, as you keep people alive and you progress, it kind of forces you forward to have to use those people in tougher dungeons and move towards Death. taking on the darkest dungeon, which is the fifth one. And you, you have to like storm that successfully three times to win the game. Which you have certainly not done. I have not, because also when you send a party in, they can only go in once. So, like, the four characters you send in are going in. And and that's part of it. So it's like, you you're, you're, you you can't just, like, storm it three times with the same... You can't, like, level three people up to six, storm it, and hope for the best. And you can't anyway, because you have to do a lot of dungeon running to level the shop up enough to be able to buy, you know, six-level gear for them, or mm. six-level abilities. All that. Got it. Um, <clears throat> so it's just got a lot of systems that work really well together. Um... It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's very quick and easy to play, and it's like one more run, one more run a lot of the times. Oh, yeah, I, and I, perfect for Switch, right? Yeah, perfect for Switch. I think the biggest issue is really just getting there. It's it's initially very overwhelming, all the things you have to manage, but it is pretty straightforward. Like, you can get to the point where you're like, okay, this person has, you know, you'll see how much stress someone has, and you'll be like, all right, you're got, you guys are going to go recuperate at the bar, but then you can also have stuff where... You know, they might not be able to drink to recover stress, or they'll only do... I had one character who um, <coughs> was consumed by... It was basically a sexual obsessive. So the only way he would relieve stress was to go to the brothel and have sex. Wow. But then he picked up a, a um, mental issue in a dungeon that was deviant tastes. Oh, no! Which got him banned from the brothel, so there was nowhere he could get de-stressed, so I had to take the time to send him to the uh, hospital to get that mental issue, one of those mental issues worked out so he could do other stuff. So you have, there, there's a lot of things to balance, you have to figure out what the best thing to do, also with your money, because you're never, it's not like you're ever going to be super flush with cash. I like it. This sounds, I mean, I know everybody says it's a great game, but man, it sounds real fun. What sounds interesting to me that you wouldn't think of when you first hear about the game is just the subtlety and the, and the little, the little things like that idea of having a guy and, and he's sex obsessed and he gets deviant tastes like the emergent fun of that must've been incredible. Yeah. There's a lot of great things like that to pop up. Um, it's just all around. It's, it's a very fun game. I see why it's so popular. 
the DLC is <coughs> available right? right now. Oh no. Um, well, it it would have been included, but it was the same price to buy it separately. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to like the game, so I, I just got the base game. Okay, got it. Got and it. also, the, the DLC adds stuff where you, you kind of want to have experience with the game anyway. Oh, um, okay, so it's better to not have it loaded yet. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, it doesn't activate till you actually go there and, and get it, but yeah, it's kind of no, better not I'm to. I'm with you. I'm with and you And then on the second one. DLC pack is coming out this year. Um, really? Yes. That game's still live. Yeah, it's hugely popular. Oh, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea that they weren't just working on Darkest Dungeon 2, and that was that. Wow, I'm surprised. Okay. So, uh, but Darkest Dungeon's a lot of fun. The one other game, before I get to Celeste, mm-hmm. um, is... Well, two other quick ones. Uh, one other Switch one. Uh, I, I did finally get back and finish Bioshock Infinite in the collection. Oh, dude, I, I the collection is available right now, and after hearing that guy talking about Bioshock again... I, I'm going back in. I'm ready for a full run. I'm ready, man. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, well, I played through about half of Infinite last or two years ago when I got the collection, but I'd already I'd like fully replayed the first Bioshock, so it was kind of Bioshocked out and didn't finish. Yeah. Uh, but then I did finish it, and I finally started the Burial at Sea DLC. Ooh. Okay. Uh, and I'll say this: I'm not super far into it yet. Um, I don't know how long it even is. I'm probably probably like halfway through the first. Uh, chapter but it really is i think what it, it is the version of bioshock infinite that i would have been happier with at launch <laughs> yeah because it's all of the the deeper more driven storytelling of infinite in rapture yep yeah and seeing the pre-incident rapture and the liveliness of it and all that makes me just remember how freaking great rapture is Compared to Columbia. I know. I I, th- I can't believe that, like, I hear people still talking about it, and, like, it's literally split on which game people think is better. And to me, that's just, I mean, that's fine. Everyone likes their own thing. And I do want to play Infinite again because I, I just had such a such a di- diminished experience due to my expectations that I feel like five years out when I forget a lot of it that I could go in knowing that I don't love that game and maybe like it more. Um, I definitely did. I, okay. I enjoyed Infinite a lot more. Um, finishing it up this time, I was able to really take it on its own merits and um, enjoy it. I mean, Rapture is just such a presence. It's, I mean, it, it's. I like Bioshock Two more than I liked Infinite in a lot of ways because of the fact that it's in Rapture. And and although that game, you know, they had, I heard the guy talking about it. They had two years to make it, and they had all kinds of parameters um, that 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 sort of hindered them. But within that context, they made a really good experience with still lots of like twists and turns, which is really hard to do at that point. Um, but that the really the idea, the thing that's great about Bioshock is Rapture. Period. I have always been fascinated with underwater worlds and cities underwater and like there used to be this book called the bed book i love to go to sleep to where you'd read it and there was like a little submarine bed you would sleep and like look through the porthole and it was so like idyllic so i love underwater shit and and rapture just takes that to the next level and then add in big daddies and little sisters and all the cool world building and 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 a period piece music and setting i mean the game is just oh it's so good yeah um but uh, i'm enjoying burial at sea so I finally am playing it. Awesome. It's like three hours, but still. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also, again, in our quest for co-op, we finally uh, started playing Halo the Master Chief Collection again. Okay. So I've been playing a lot of Halo. Um, because Halo is, A, always fun, and B, that collection 
has a lot to do. There are a lot of achievements in there still, and not to mention that it was super glitchy when it first came out. So a lot of the achievements I did get, I never got. So Did um, they add Reach to it or something? They didn't add Reach. They added ODST. but That's right. Um, they did it like a title update as well that added new things at a certain point. Um, but for the most part, it's the same game it was. It's been since Halo 5. It's just now it's more stable. Um, and I always enjoy Halo. And I, I was honestly just jonesing for it, too, because there's not going to... Halo 6 isn't coming out this year, from what they've said. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, means it's going to be the longest development cycle for a Halo game. It because it'll it, dude. be it at least it. four years. Um, who knows what Halo 6 is going to be? I hope it's better than Halo 5. Um... Again, I think they're capable of it because they made Halo Four, which you know right. ties is my favorite Halo game. Amazingly, but I, I mean that's that's respectable. It's just amazing. Um, but no, I've been enjoying playing through the old Halos and and just just that that series is still great. I I still love Halo. Um, I don't know that any like I said, no one Halo would probably be on my top ten games list, but the Halo franchise is definitely in my top five franchises. So interesting. Um, so the last big two games I have, one of which is Celeste, the other of which is Bayonetta 2. Oh, awesome. <laughs> big, su- I love surprises. There's a surprise. Hit me with it. Um, I enjoyed Bayonetta 2 a lot. I think it definitely. Oh, you played it. It's done. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I got it when it came out. Um, and, um, I'll say this. It definitely looks great on the Switch. Like, again, I've basically... Portable? Yeah. The Switch might as well be a portable for me. I've I've played it on my TV almost never. Really? <laughs> like you don't most mind of that the at games... all? I mean, you, you, you read comics, or, or used to read comics all the time on a iPad mini, so I know that size of screen is not a hindrance to you. Still, that surprises me that you never feel the need to plug it in and get that big, glorious picture. I just... I... I... I don't, I, yeah. and you know, part of it is, is that it's just easier <laughs> to play it on handheld mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but really I prefer it. I've always, like, I love handheld gaming. That's you why do, I yeah. love the switch. Um, and I, I like being in, in the palm of my hand. I like how easy it is to just turn on and put down and or pick up and it looks great. Uh, Bayonetta 2 is probably the, it took a minute just because it is the most pro- complex visually game that I've played on the switch so far. Yeah. Um, you know, Breath of the Wild and Mario are both gorgeous still, but simpler looking, um, or, or a more limited palette and, and less demand, I guess. I don't know right. what the right word for is. Right. Um, but you know it when you see it. <clears throat> uh, but Bayonetta 2 really did well on the handheld. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, the story was still ridiculous. Uh, I didn't get into it as much as the first Bayonetta, and I, I don't know why that is. It might just be that when the first Bayonetta came out, it was it grabbed me in a way. Um, but this definitely felt right. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing through it. Um, I didn't feel compelled to play through it a second time on higher difficulties just for whatever reason. I wasn't, um, I just, I, I don't even want to, cause I don't want to make it sound like I didn't enjoy the game. Uh, because the first bayonet I played to death, I played through to like the hardest difficulties. Um, just for whatever reason, I think generally I was getting a little exhausted of, I don't even want to say exhaustive gaming. I don't know what it is, but I really did like Bayonetta 2. It's a very fun game. It evolves a few of the systems. I don't think it changes as much as people said. 
especially because I, I then went back and played a good bit of Bayonetta 1. Right. Uh, and that didn't take me in the same way either. So that's why I feel like, I feel bad. I don't want to make it seem like I'm bashing Bayonetta 2, because when I went to play Bayonetta 1 again, I was like, no, they're they're similar. I'm just not in that place as much yeah. as I've been waiting to play Bayonetta 2. Yeah, it just, it just, I mean, well, that said, you had a Wii U for a good period, three, four, five months, and you never played it. So, I true. Mean, I mean, you know, as much as you've been waiting to play it, yes, but more like now that you have a Switch and it comes out, I mean, like the moon and stars aligned, but it doesn't feel like it was, I don't know, you know, an absolute priority, which is interesting because, yeah, you were a huge Bayonetta fan, like huge Bayonetta fan at a point. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's like it's not like the story was what I was coming back for. Right. right. Um, because it's ridiculous and it's it's overdone in a lot of ways and it's unnecessarily sexualized, but. You know, the combat's really fun, and the combat in Bayonetta 2 is really fun. Um, the combos are great, the weapons you can get, um, and, and it also gave me that appreciation for having a healthy amiibo library, because every day you can use up to 32 amiibo, which I don't have that many, but I could use every amiibo I had to just get free halos and free items, so I, I was able to like kind of break the uh, um, currency system of the game oh. and upgrade myself a lot. Okay. Uh, but not too much. Like, the game is still... Because the, the smart thing the game does is it's not about how healthy you are. It does score everything you do. So, like, each encounter gets a score. So it's not, oh, I didn't die. It's, oh, you got hit, like, ten times. So you get a stone medal for that. Ooh. So it's still... It's still... Imp- it still um, incentivizes playing smart and dodging as much as possible. Which time, baby? Which time? Exactly. Awesome. Um, so I overall enjoyed it. I do think... Uh, you know, I'm definitely gonna play Bayonetta three when it comes out. I can't believe they're making it. That's cool. So you, but uh, uh, gameplay wise, though, it's definitely fun, right, and, and enjoyable. And does it feel very much like Bayonetta one? Is it like literally just Bayonetta two? I felt a little bit of a difference. There definitely is a difference, but like, I maybe maybe it's a little bit of that Sonic Mania. It played like I remembered it playing. <laughs> okay. But it didn't. It wasn't like that drastically different. I didn't. But I mean, think. like, what I mean is like worldwide, because I played about half of Bayonetta or two thirds of Bayonetta twice, and I remember that it's you know very much about like you go to the like the I've been in that fucking uh, 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 train yard so much, um, but you go in that like train area and then like you walk through these worlds and these different angels roll up and then you go to the next little area and it's just walking through these different, uh, for lack of a better term, discrete areas. Is it still like that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I mean, you know. Uh, you spend, like, the... I, I will say, it did... Because it felt like that it starts off with this whole thing where you have to climb this mountain, and I was like, oh, this will probably be, like, the first fourth of the story. It's like, no, that's the whole story, is climbing that mountain. <laughs> oh, wow, really? But you go to, like, the different realms, so they are different. It's not just a mountain. But, yeah, it, it was like... The story felt smaller, yeah. Again, I haven't really fully replayed the first Bayonetta. It still is ridiculous as ever as it ever was, but it, yeah. it felt small. I think that's a bad decision. You telling me that, like, just I couldn't help it, it soured me a bit. Just what you just said. It just, I can't help but feel like a journey that's more metaphysical. It doesn't really matter, because either way, you're in these areas that are fucking batshit bonkers flying all over the place and, and weird shit popping up out of the, you know like uh, clock towers and fucking, you know, flying platforms and all that crazy shit. But at the same time, just as a as a um, structure, as a framing device, I don't want there to be a mountain that I can look at at the beginning of the game and say, there's my quest. You know, I, I don't know. I feel like that's well, not awesome. 
I didn't want to say it because you still give me shit about Spider-Man Edge of Time. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It was a diverse building, though. Yes, it was. It was. There was, uh, yes, there was an arboretum, right? That makes it there diverse. There was an arboretum. <laughs> um, but anyway, Bayonetta 2 is fun. It, it's definitely as good, if not better, than Bayonetta 2. I just, um, I wasn't driven to, like, play the crap out of it. Understood. Understood. Cool. Um, are we finally there? We're, we're finally cli- took a different mountain to climb to get to this mountain climb. Uh, Celeste, yes. I uh, picked up Celeste because all of the reviews were phenomenal for it. Ridiculously phenomenal. For what is essentially a mountain climbing, Meat Boy-esque platformer. I don't want to say it's it's not exactly like Meat Boy, but it is a 2D built-on-hard-challenges platformer. Um, And it is easily the best game I've played this year. Wow. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a very strong contender for a lot of categories. Game of the year, uh, best character, best story. I loved Celeste beginning to end. I played the crap out of it. And at, at $20, it really is a steal because it's a massive game if you really want to put the time into it. Uh, what did you play? Uh, oh, you played it on Switch, right? I played it on Switch because uh, that's my go-to. And I think it's be- it's great as a handheld because you're really right up with the action and it's a lot of t- precise timing of jumps and whatnot. <coughs> Excuse me. Does it work okay on like the Switch controllers and stuff? I mean, as opposed to like a pro controller? Do you even have a pro controller? I do not have a pro ah, controller. That's crazy. You're so hardcore. Okay. You are, like, <laughs> I don't know hardcore. hardcore. Switch, no, you're hardcore like Switch as a Switch. Like you are not taking any of the shortcuts to make it unswitchy. <laughs> you know well i just i mean it should work that way that's what they sold me yeah it is it is what they sold you and it is what you bought and are really happy with apparently <laughs> uh um, but I never touched mine man it's sad i'm gonna i'm about to re-grab it though uh today um and you may be interested in this uh best buy is running a ludicrous sale right now on certain games so they have both lego marvel heroes excuse me lego marvel superheroes 2 and the ninjago lego game uh on switch for 19.99 right now Oh, that's not bad. And a bunch of other shit too, like really good stuff. They have Bomberman seem never goes down in price somehow, so it's like thirty nine ninety nine still. I, I don't mean, want to touch that. I finally saw footage of it, and it looks so bad. Well, then you're you're in luck because it's still expensive for what it is. <laughs> um, but I mean, just a lot of Switch games are on sale at Best Buy right now. Anyway, go ahead. Um, what was I saying? Right. So Celeste is about a young woman who um travels to a mountain that is supposed to be like this big spiritual thing climbing this mountain called celeste okay what's the girl um or is that a spoiler huh does it matter who what her name is or no 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 her name doesn't matter it's um oh god i'm i I think it's madeline and now it's been a couple it's been like a month so now i'm I'm unsure it's okay no it is madeline okay yeah i was like i didn't think i would forget her vindicated go ahead um a little dashboard confessional for your ass go ahead (laughs) But she's attempting to, to climb this mountain that is supposed to possess the power to kind of like help you kind of come to a self-realization, basically, of, of who you are and whatnot. All right. Um, and it's like this this uh, coming of age, almost like rite of passage thing. And I don't want to say t- too much more about the story other than she's climbing this mountain. Because I'm going to play it like immediately. But go ahead. Yeah. She's, she the, the game is about her climbing this mountain. There are seven main cha- story chapters, I want to say. 
Okay. I think it's seven. Um, and in each one, you get different challenges and different ways. So, like, the first one's very basic. It's, like, jumping over spikes and death pits, and there are, like, moving platforms that can, like, launch you, and it, it teaches you the physics of the game, and it controls just perfectly. Like, you, you know, you hear it all the time with well-made games, but every time you die, you feel like you know it's your fault. It's not the game screwing you over on cheap controls. Yeah. Like, and it demands a lot. You can know what you need to do, and then it can take a little bit to actually pull it off. It's but... really challenging, right? It is very challenging, but I think it's challenging in a way that the main campaign is a well-balanced, healthy challenge. Right. Um, like, to put it, I think even on the seventh chapter, I want to say my first time through, I had maybe three to four hundred deaths. Okay. And I know that, that might sound like a lot, but again... It doesn't sound game, like a lot to me. Good, yeah, because the game instantly respawns, and you can you can die a lot on the same challenges. But like, if you think about it, like there are maybe forty to fifty. It's it's hard to say because they are screens, but sometimes there's like moving screens where there's a lot of challenges you have to pull off. But like specifically, like if you think of each room as a puzzle room, there's maybe like forty to fifty in some of the chapters. Right. So like, if you think about it that way, it's like on the hardest ones, you're taking maybe an average of ten deaths each time to get through. Okay. Um, where the real challenge comes in is in the B-sides and the C-sides, uh, which are which really played, hard. Which you've played every bit of? <clears throat> I have finished all... So so the the way the game works is there are optional... It's also way easier if you don't go for the strawberries, and the strawberries have no purpose other than to be a collectible. Okay. So like, if you really just wanted to play this game for the story... Which is worth doing, by the way, right? Yeah, the story's great. Um, and it's a, it's a very nice well-told story uh you can just do that and you can skip a lot of the challenges a lot of the challenge comes from okay how do i get this strawberry and also complete the challenge i need to do okay. and i like doing that like the only strawberries i missed were the ones i didn't find because they were like through a hidden passage or um you know i it's one of the when things there was one when you could see it you made damn sure you got it yes okay um it does have that thing that a lot of the one thing i always hate in video games where it's like there there are two paths and you're like wait which one's the story path and you like start down one and you're like, Oh wait, no, this one seems like it's going to go for a while. And you go back and you go yeah, down the other one. I don't like that either. That's, you know, it's <laughs> like that. Um, shovel Knight. Although I love shovel Knight, It definitely has that problem. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's not like, that's a common video game thing. Yeah, that's like, yeah. everything has that because you got to put your secrets somewhere Yeah, and you don't want to signpost them. Well, sometimes so I get people it. do though. Sometimes people do. And it's, and, and that actually, this conversation we're having now is the first time that I understand that. But like you'll be playing certain games, like one that comes to mind strangely is Little Big Planet Three, but it'll have like this little thing. It's like, hey, this is a little side quest, little zone, and it'll have like a little like nomenclature on the wall that says like this requires two players to do, and then like you know that it's a side quest area or a little puzzle area. And there are other games that have done that too, that like give you like once you start down the path, it has like a little symbol that shows you that like you're headed towards. And sometimes they tie it in with collectibles. Like if every side, every collectible is like a little, uh, let's just say a chapter chalice then there'll be like a little chalice like drawn on the back i don't know what games do that but i've definitely seen it and now i understand the game problem um that that caused them to do that i'm sorry go ahead yeah no no but um so yeah there are hidden things and hidden optional strawberries but that that's like the biggest thing the other thing there are um b-side cassette tapes you have to like in each level you have to find the cassette tapes mm -hmm. and that unlocks the b-side 
And the B-side essentially takes out all the story and goes, here are all of the mechanical challenges we used in this level, and here's super hard versions of them. Yeah. And that's where you're going to die a lot. But, our, again, it's still fun and a healthy challenge to overcome. The other thing to find are there are two types of crystal hearts. Um, there's a – I forget the exact color, but I think the blue crystal heart you find in the le- in each level – and they're hidden, and some of them, <laughs> I did use a guide to find most of them, because some of them get to Fez level of difficult to figure out. Okay. And I wasn't playing Fez. There's a game I need to revisit, like, mm. six years later, because yeah. that would be basically brand new. Um, uh, but you've got that, and then you also have completing the B-side gets a crystal heart. And there is a post-game, there's an eighth chapter that's like an epilogue almost, and you have to have had, you have to get at least six of the Crystal Hearts to do that. Okay. And then finally, once you finish the, once you finish everything, or once you finish the epilogue, I forget exactly, it's been a minute, and I forget how you unlock it. There are the seasides, which are much shorter, they're like three screens long. Okay. Okay. But they are the top demanding where you have to pull off, you know, 15 to 20 tricks in a row to be able to finish a screen. Wow. And and they are like long screens. Like they stretch on for days. <laughs> um, and so it's just a super challenging. And I finished a few of those. Some of them, they basically require that, that pixel perfect next level skill. Um. And I'd wanted to. It's been a while now, so my skills probably diminished. I don't necessarily know. But I honestly kind of want to get the game on on the one just to get achievements and playing it again. So who wow. knows? Okay, cool. Uh, just to have more to do with it. But yeah, there's a lot to do. I think I ended up at like 27, 28 hours all told of game time in it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you're, just, if you're just doing the story and you ignore the strawberries, it's probably a three, four or five hour game. Um, but I think it, it is so fun and because it's a platformer, you're more expected to want to play it for gameplay anyway, because you know, you want the challenges of it. It has a lot of great stuff along the way, different great mechanics. It, it's just, it's, 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 it's a purely beautifully made platformer game. Um, and you know, in a time where I've been so much like, man, I wish I like 2D platformers, but I wish 3D platformers would come back, and I want to play more of those. This made me remember why really good 2D platformers are so much fun. And I I just, like, the mechanics of the jumping and the boosting through the air and and just, it's it's super fun. It's worth playing. Um, Definitely check it out, because it's on everything. Oh, I'm on it. I'm I'm going to get on on Switch. No reason not to get on Switch. Um, I mean, because you can take it with you, or you can play it. I have the Pro Controller, so I can play it on a console, and it's just like any other console. It's perfect. Yeah, and there's no graphic or or performance issue with it because it's you know sprite work or or whatever similar to. Yeah, and so all of that said, it's just a freaking well, great. It's, your, it's, it's the game of the year great. so far. Period. So far, yeah. I mean, now granted, I haven't played that much yet this year, um, but it is. It's not like I don't want to just say it like dis like like by default. Yeah, uh, I, I legit no, it's think your it's going to be the in- year so far. I mean, that's all I'm saying. No, no, I know, but I mean, you know, it is March. I, I'm just saying it's like, it's not just, oh, I've played two new games this year. I think it is legitimately going to be yeah. in that conversation at the end I of the year. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Cool. All right. Well, uh, awesome. I've been meaning to hear your thoughts on that game. I knew you love, love, loved it, um, but I had no idea 
that it was to that that extent. And I, I just can't wait to play. I did, I just can't believe that it combines Metroidvania aspects with um, Meat Boy platforming, but not as cruel and much more designed, right? You know, rather than like what feels like just like, well, we're going to put up these challenges. Like much more, I'm guessing it has much more, it's more colorful and pretty and aesthetically pleasing and interesting to look at and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's also like when I say B-sides and C-sides, it has some. It has a phenomenal soundtrack and then phenomenal remixes of those same tracks. In like The music's great, the story's great, the gameplay's great, the art's great. Everything about it is just phenomenal. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to uh, to dive into it. Um, is that it for your uh, games you've been playing that are important that to talk That is about? all of it. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm white. <laughs> well, I've got one more to uh, to mention just really quick. This will be a quick uh, aside. Um, I finished Persona 5. Okay. That's what I did right before I dived into Monster Hunter. Um, I finally did it. I just said, fuck it, I'm finishing it. Um, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So I got to that part. Have we talked about that at all? Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin it on this podcast for everybody, but, um, so I got, you know, I got to the, the twist. Yeah. We talked about it. We talked about it. You and I talked about it. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Not online. Um, but, but there's a twist in it that happens that, you know, you, you said that you saw coming from like the second chapter and, and, and it's fair that, that, that it totally could have been seen by them. I had reasons why I was, I guess, hoping beyond hope that wasn't it, (laughs) but it was. Um, but you know, it's, it's a game that much like Persona 4 for me, once I got into playing it like hardcore near the end, I didn't want it to end. So it definitely has, it's the world, it's the characters, it's the doing the stuff, it's the, I mean, and I, I was able to get all of my bonds to max, which was cool. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things in that game that just made me want to like have it to you know just keep playing and i also more than i think you did really got into the fusing of like i tried to like fill out my compendium mm-hmm. did you get into that pretty heavy the compendium no <laughs> okay i did it enough to level up their uh um bond with with caroline and just uh, justine right right you had to do en- at least enough to do that right exactly because that was one you could do kind of whenever with certain exceptions but but yeah. anyway so i um i i really enjoyed uh playing persona 5 i liked it a lot more than i thought i would when i left it off last time we talked about it on the podcast when you know i i stopped just before sort of a certain dungeon um and you stopped like just after that certain dungeon um but it's a fun game i mean it is a really good game w- wouldn't you agree Oh, definitely. No, yeah, I think it was uh, f- just phenomenal for most of it, aesthetically and narratively. It's just, I thought it was a little bit of a letdown with the reveal, but everything else about it I loved. Like, I played straight through most of it last summer. Have you gotten back to it yet? Um, I've moved forward a little bit, but I I, <laughs> I, I, I played about another month of in-game time, but I haven't gone and fought the guy on the boat yet. <laughs> Okay, got it. That's that's like the last. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. All right. So you went through like more school stuff, but you didn't go any further in the dungeon than you were. Yeah. Okay, understood. Well, anyway, I think you'll dig it when you go a little further. It's 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 interesting stuff the way it all closes up. Yeah. No. I mean, it is something that I've just been waiting to get back to, and I will. No, I'm just glad I finished it because man, I have a real bad track record with finishing RPGs. So I'm like celebrating it right here. Um, <clears throat> Mass Effect Three, right? um so all right cool um well on that note uh we're we're about done for this episode uh hopefully we'll be able to get back sooner and talk more about games because this was fun to catch up 
Yeah, we need to get get a quick better schedule. Have an actual topic again. Yes, because that is really fun. Um, I like talking about having topic episodes. Also, um, luckily we had um the really interesting Nintendo Direct and Smash to talk about, and then obviously a big group of games. But next time, if it's a couple weeks from now, um, we will have much less games to talk about, and it'll be really fun to dive into a topic. Didn't we have one on deck? Well, we'll talk about it offline. Um, anyway, last question. It's the only question that matters. Well, first of all, where can they find us? Uh, well, you can find us at the Joy of Geek. Dot net for written content, thejoyofgaming.com for our full podcast archive, the joy of gaming, the joy of geek on Facebook, and at the joy of game on Twitter. You can find me personally, Jordan Alseca, at uh, Indigo Master, E N D I G O M A S T E R on Twitter, uh, as well as Facebook.com slash Jordan Alseca Writer, JordanAlseca.tumblr.com, which finally got updated a little bit recently. Nice. And at WelderkinComic.com. The first issue just finished, so that is all posted online. You can also get the digital issue on Comixology, Amazon, and Drive Through Comics. So check that out before issue two starts up in a couple weeks. Awesome. Oh, so it goes on a hiatus. Uh, yeah, we're finishing up the second issue, and then we're going to go right into it. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Well, you can find me in all those same places except at WelderKin.com. I'm not on there. <laughs> um, but, um, you can also find me at Rich Lepore on Twitter, um, where I make pithy comments every once in a while. Not really, actually. I don't do that. Um, okay. So let's talk about one last thing, and that is, what are you looking forward to in the next month or two? And I'm going to start by saying God of fucking War. <laughs> oh my God, uh, I'm pumped for God of War. Are you? Not. No. <laughs> oh my God, Cory Barlog's triumphant return, dude. After all I've... that questing, he's been on a journey. He was working with George Miller from Mad Max. I've played half of God of War 1, and that's all I've ever played. No, but this is different, man. This is God of War, though. This is the new one, man. It's like he's got a kid and shit. Haven't you heard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have heard, huh? Okay. I would like to honestly deep dive and play those games. I just haven't. They're but fun. I know they're all available they're to me. They're good. The trilogy, man. Just play the trilogy, and then I would just leave the PS games aside i mean they're okay. oh i definitely would i played them completely but no ascension gotta play that ascensions i mean yeah play ascension but i mean it's not i mean <laughs> one through three are what you need to play in my opinion but yeah and then uh, uh, all right so about you what are you gonna what are you gonna be looking forward to uh the you biggest always thing have one i knew you were gonna say that you always have at least one thing it's like the next thing go ahead <laughs> the biggest thing is coming out next week um oh, next yeah. friday in fact um, a way out. Oh, is I'm that looking... that soon? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea it was that soon. Um, we're planning to play through that and hopefully have a really good time playing it. Oh, but awesome. We'll, we'll by see. The by the next time we talk, then you'll have, you'll probably played through that. Um, is it multiply replayable or is it just one time? I think it is multiply replayable, but I'm not sure. Because I mean, at the very least, you can see the play each character. Right. So that part will but, be fun. Um, there's just two, yeah. right? Just two, yeah, and then uh, I'm also I'm 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 just I'm waiting on reviews. I I I don't know. I I want it to be good. I want Rare to have a hit. I'm looking forward to see how Sea of Thieves does. There's just nothing about that that's intriguing. Like if you want to talk about a pointless fucking loop, man. I mean, it's the it's a gameplay loop with no rewards. I mean, I don't get it. I just don't get it. But then again, I don't play a whole lot of multiplayer for multiplayer sake games. So maybe that's the problem. I mean, I hope they have a hit too. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very trepidatious about, um, about where that. I certainly will not be picking it up. So when you see the reviews, you may in fact get it. 
Maybe, probably not right away, yeah. but I, I want it to be good. Uh, the only other game is Far Cry 5. That is in two weeks. <clears throat> wow, stuff's coming. Stuff is coming. Well, I'm yeah, pumped it's a pretty for that. good month. I'm pumped for that. I'm, I'm ready to do another Far Cry game, I think, because I played Origins, Assassin's Creed Origins, long enough ago that I'm ready for like another basically that type of game. Um, and this yeah, one looks I'm interesting. Hoping, I'm hoping they do enough to separate it from Far Cry 3, 4, because 4's big problem was it just... It felt just like Far Cry 3. Well, they were both on tropical islands or whatever. They both had a big bad that was, like, creepy in the same way, although one was very much better than the other. Um, but this new one, supposedly the big thing is it's, like, very interesting political commentary, and it ties in with what's going on in our world right now. So that's, like, a big part of the draw, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to get good reviews. I just wonder if it's going to get 8s or 10s, because it's, like, one or the other, I feel like. Or maybe 7.5 or 8. Or 10. But I don't see it getting... Well, maybe you could get a 9. What am I talking about? I don't even know. Well, that means it's late. Um, and uh, on that note, we will be back soon. But um, it was great uh, chatting about games, Jordan. Absolutely. And uh, I am Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseca. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.